Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk shoe. Recorded, Recorded live. live. Um, it is 7 31 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I am in Maine, in Bangor, up in the corner of the United States. Um, and, <laughs> as usual, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. No, I'm just kidding. I, um, I've been doing a lot of stuff in the last couple weeks, mostly just reading and stuff. I did not feel well, and, I, and I've been healing. I've been getting better. But um, one of the things I thought I should do is, you know, listen to my body. If it's saying you're too tired then I need to listen to that and take a rest. So last week I was just really tired, and I didn't have that much. And, and, you know, like I said before, if I don't have that much to say, I just blab about nothing, which, you know, how many times do I do that anyways? But um, thank you, Valium. Yes, I'm trying to um, heal, and what I'm doing is just trying to eat normally, stay calm, because right now is no time at all. For anyone to stay calm, I am in a constant state of alert because I'm always watching for the next thing that's coming because these people are nuts that are all around us right now. They are totally freaking nuts. And if you watched the um, hearings today, you saw our two senators are on that committee, and both of them talked. I did not see Susan Collins. Val Am said that um, Susan Collins seemed to be disappointed in Comey, and I hope she was. These people are not paying enough attention. Um, some of them are compromised. They are in there covering up whatever they can and hoping that nothing sticks to them. And I'm telling you right now that our two senators in Maine, are they know exactly what they're doing. Angus King, who used to be our governor, he just made me absolutely sick seeing him yesterday. It made me sick. See, that's why. That's why my stomach is sick. It's because of people like that. Then I get up this morning, and on my Facebook, I'm seeing people that I really like. Some of my former classmates from my old hometown and everything are on there talking about what a great guy Angus King is. And I was just like, don't don't say anything. Let them have their little fest. These are people I trust and respect who are thinking that Angus King is just like the best thing in the world. He was sitting there yesterday asking questions of people who could not answer the questions where they were and purposely making them look like they were being evasive and like there was something wrong. And I'm telling you right now that Angus King is no, um, you know, whatever you want to call him, pillar of morality or whatever. He has, he has really used his positions to enrich himself and to get power for himself. <clears throat> and he's originally from Virginia. So every time I get a chance, I remind people that he's a Virginian. He's a Virginian. He's a globalist. He doesn't give a damn about the state of Maine. He cares about his buddies in the corporate world and how much money he can make off of his energy projects, etc. Some people in the state call him windbag or king wind, things like that, because he's the one that's behind all these um, large windmill masts, you know, the big masts with the 
windmills on the top of them. And all that's so great. And he's so green. Yeah, well, anyways, I'll be looking into more of his background again and refreshing my memory because I'm telling you, I am not happy with our representation of our state. And to have people sit there and say how proud they are of our former governor and how he put those two people right on the spot yesterday. Well, I also heard him today as he um, had a little tender moment with Comey talking about uh, – um, I can't even think of the name now. I'm trying to so hard, and I just can't even think of it. Uh, uh, I know this. You probably heard it today. He was equating himself with um, some 1500s um, historic figure that I can't think of the name of right now. I will get it later if you don't think of it right now. But they were. it was like, oh, they just happened to both think of it at the same time. Isn't that amazing? However, it was probably that they already had something handed to them ahead of time to read from or to use. And I'm not stupid, and I know a lot of people aren't stupid, but if somebody says they took notes of a meeting and they don't normally take notes, how do you know when they took the notes? How do you even know if that's valid? How do you even know? I'm hoping, hoping beyond hope, that there are audio recordings and that they'll be brought out and played it would make me so happy. It would also make me happy if Comey got arrested because he let on some things he did today at totally admitted to them under oath and they weren't quite legal. So, And he's not the FBI director anymore. He has no special um, protections. I hope they go after him. I hope they go after every single person that he used as well and let these people realize that there are consequences for being the conduit for material as well as the person who originates it. Apparently there were some retractions given today from various media outlets that ran with those stories. Um, you know, it happened today, a lot of it, so I'm behind the eight ball on that. I don't really know what's gone on yet. I will be looking into it because I'm terribly interested in it. Okay. Um, Alam is saying that Senator Susan Collins was stunned when Comey admitted he had a colleague leak information. Yeah, I don't think she was the only one that was stunned by that. He actually involved other people. And like he said, I heard him when he actually said, I gave it to somebody to give to the media because um, for various reasons I didn't want to be the one doing it. <laughs> How dumb. He said something about that his family was leaving town. He didn't want all these people camped out on his um, lawn or something, too. Self-serving. Sorry. I did watch a little bit of it today. I was going to watch the whole thing because, as you know, I'm very interested in seeing things in the first-person perspective, which is that you're right there and you see the people say it, so you don't have to hear the spin. You you can look at the spin and know that it's spin, um, but... They got to Diane Feinstein. I had to turn it off, and then I turned it back on a little bit for a little while later, and then it was back off again. So I missed some of them, but I have heard some clips. I heard that um, Marco Rubio was good. The one that I saw that was good that I actually watched was Blunt. He was excellent. He went right down through and said, you know, did this person tell you to stop the investigation? Did this person, did this person, did this person? It was excellent because Comey had to say no, 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 no. 
it's really showing that they made things up out of their wild imaginations. So, all right, I'm going to look in here and see what you guys have to say because honestly, there's not a whole lot going on other than just watching the uh, current events as they unfold. Tell them what. No, I didn't tell them that I threw my chair out back because I was mad at you. Okay. <laughs> we were listening to Howie Carr on the radio this afternoon because we like to listen to him and hear the chump line at a little bit past five. And I was like looking around like, where is my sidekick? And he had gone in the house. So I was like, fine, I'll just go throw my chair out back and I'll go in the house too. It wasn't anything. Just tired. Tired from working in the hot sun. Okay, let's see. Um, good to hear that Valium doesn't have the weirdos hanging outside her windows anymore. That was something that I was wondering about. So that problem hopefully is gone for a while. <clears throat> um, I can't wait to find out what Susan Collins had to say, honestly. Oh, I told you I grew up with her. She's not the same person. Something happened. My theory is it was young, when she was young and that she never rocked the boat after that. She always talks about how the two sides need to work together in a spirit of bipartisanship. That's about all she ever talks about. If she stands up in front of a microphone, it's about both sides of the aisle and how we've been able to work together, et cetera. She works in partnership with various people different times, in case you don't remember, she used to be like close as anything with Lieberman, she was close with Lindsey Graham, she was close with John McCain, and who's she close with lately? Hmm, trying to think, who's she hanging out with lately? I know she's hanging out a lot with Angus King, it's like the people have sort of forgotten who they're representing, you know, actually they'd already forgotten, but now they're forgetting to cover up the fact that they're only representing themselves, and uh, there's like, you know, all kinds of activities going on around that are spin-offs of all this stuff. Fascinating if you like watching this stuff. I'm starting to think it's getting a little tedious and maybe we need to just stop looking at it so closely cuz it's all theater. You look at what they say to each other and you say, "Okay, now which one of the factions that are operating behind the scenes are these people representing?" because it's not what you see on the surface, that's for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, listen to my body and be calm. I've been trying to be calm my whole life. My mother said I was born talking, and I was a little hyper baby too. So I think it's a natural thing, and it's very hard to go against what your natural self is, but I've tried. I've actually had days when I'm sitting in, a, in my lawn chair doing a crossword puzzle saying, you know what, I feel calm right now. It's like, this is a weird feeling. And not knowing whether I should continue on with that or say, hey, I need to go look for something to do because this is way too calm, I'm going to be asleep. Kind of funny. All right. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Yep, Desert Pete came in. Valium's catching him up. We're doing Comey. Well, we're sort of doing Comey. I'm just talking about Comey because that's the first thing in everyone's mind today with that, uh, what I called a dog and pony show going on at the um, hearing. 
intelligence hearing. We're all laughing about the use of the word intelligence for these people. <clears throat> so the channel that I was watching on YouTube didn't show who the people were that were speaking, <clears throat> and some of them I did not recognize. So I need to go back and put some names to some of these people and look into their background a little bit too, because normally um, they will put up the name of the person, and even if you did see a name, it didn't say which party they were from. So you know some of those things can have an influence too on the people that are watching. Okay. Valium put a few links to some of the um, articles she had found regarding today's story on Comey. Um, Desert Peak, can't believe the mainstream twist. I didn't even listen to any of it. I did not watch TV tonight, and I didn't listen to any of it because I really want to give them a chance to sync themselves with their stories because if they're ba if they're doing stories based on absolutely nothing, then I think there could be lawsuits, honestly, because they're you know it's been months of this, months of of manufacturing stories basically, and after a while, I mean, if you can't prove that you have any witnesses or people who gave you the information and even if they did give you the information three or four months ago and you have an obligation as a large media outlet to go and look into it and see if it's got any validity to it. Because anyone can say anything. They can allege anything. And I do still remember that it wasn't well, probably even two months ago that everyone was running around going, well, these allegations are serious. They're serious. Of course they have to be looked into because they're serious allegations. Anyone can come up with a serious allegation against anyone else. And the point is that if you're causing harm to someone by doing that and there's no foundation for it or any basis for it, then, you know, that is something that's against the law. You can't just do that. Trash people's reputation, ruin their business. Um, it's something people need to be more careful of, and they're really not anymore. They just say whatever they feel like. Okay, let's see. Um, yeah, someone said that his conversation with the president was classified and he didn't really have the right to share that with anyone. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they do anything about that. I'd love to see him arrested. I already said that, though. Um I found it interesting that um, he would take notes on a meeting with the president, yet he couldn't be bothered to have any notes, recordings, or anything else over Hillary Clinton's um, interview. Um, and I'm not even sure he was there that day. It seems to me that he was not there that day. Maybe someone can correct me whether or not I'm right about that. I think he said they had other people that interviewed her and he wasn't there. And if that's the case, I mean, my first thought would be that he didn't want to have to defend anything that happened. He could, you know, have his deniability intact. Um, yes, Desert Pete, I noticed that when I went through, uh, right before I came on, I noticed that everything was twisting in Comey's favor. I'm not really all that surprised, but they honestly think they have this all figured out, but I think that there's enough people around that can throw a monkey wrench into all of it. So, um, let's see. 
I think that some people were talking today about Comey getting fired, and I said I think that the reason why the president told him he trusted him and that he believed he would do a good job and everything was that he was hoping it was true. And when he realized that he wasn't going to do a good job and he wasn't acting like an FBI director, he was completely outside of his uh, box, as I call it. He wasn't in his you know, container he's supposed to be in. He had to fire him because he could no longer trust him. And it didn't mean trust him to cover up something or to keep him out of trouble or, or like they're trying to spin it. It was more like trust him to do what his job is. So he was gone, and they have someone else, hopefully, that will do the job. I don't trust the FBI. I've said that before. Um, there were a lot of people around today saying how you know the FBI is so you know impeccable above reproach and everything, and I just I do not feel that way. And I know other people who have said that they've had experiences which lead them to believe that the FBI is not. Um, unblemished, shall we say, shall we say. Um, they have um, various offices in various cities that may have some integrity, but as a whole, you know, if you have anyone that's corrupt in any city and they're operating in a corrupt manner, that that's going to affect the whole structure. And I, you know, since 9-11, and I've told you about that before, they... You know, they advertised heavily that they needed people to call the 800 number and tell anything that they knew, anything unusual they saw. And yet when people called there, they were treated as though the information wasn't in, wasn't credible, wasn't interesting, wasn't important. Um, I was basically told straight, uh, you know, straight to my ear because I was on the phone, um, what do you want us to do with this? Like, how ridiculous. You're asking people for information, they give you information, and then they turn around and tell you, what do you want us to do with this? And tell you that there really isn't anything that weird with what you're saying, what you're reporting. Oh, yes, it was very weird. That's why I called you. I didn't call you because I thought it would be fun to see who answers the phone. I called you because I thought it was information that was important. And my late husband at the time, because I was very upset about it, said, maybe they don't need your information because they already have enough. Well, little did we know at the time, they had everything. They knew exactly what happened that day, and they didn't really need any information. They were trying to find out who knew stuff, who noticed stuff, so they could cover up those stories. And as I said to someone today, have you ever heard Bangor mentioned in the 9-11 story? If you did, it was probably the first few days, and then it was completely covered up. Nobody even remembers that there was anyone here. It all every story that you ask people now, their memory is that it started in Portland, Maine, and it was because they had a surveillance video of Muhammad Atta walking into the airport, Portland Jetport. And I always say to them when I ask the question, what's your earliest recollection of the story of 9-11, they'll start with that. And I say, well, how did he get to Portland? Does anybody know how he got to Portland? And it's like all of a sudden a light bulb comes on and they go, I never thought of it that way. I said, well, did he come by boat? Did he come in an airplane? Did he land in an airplane? Did he come across land? Did he come in from Canada or drive up from, you know, New York to up through the uh, interstate up into Maine? How did he get to Portland? And why was he in Portland? Uh, well, you can bet the FBI knows how he got there and why he was there, yet... They covered up everything else. They covered it all up. 
we have people in this area that remember that very well, remember the whole time period very well because they had odd occurrences happen that nobody wanted to hear about ever again. So they told the stories and then they were like told that, oh, well, there were some people around, but it probably had nothing to do with it. Really, it's not odd because why aren't they still here then? Why aren't these people still here that were here during that two or three week period in our area? And they haven't come back. Just amazing. It was a coincidence, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's one of the reasons I don't have confidence. And also the fact that, as I've told on here before, I tried to call someone who I knew as a contact in the FBI because I had dealt with something at school related to the internet and to my identity being used to create to commit a crime. And it was a it was a student or two students, I'm not sure, because they couldn't tell me, of course. But I knew the person. I talked to them on the phone, so I used that phone number to call again and left a message for him twice and did not get a call back. And I find that odd, too, because if you're really asking for information and you really want information, it seems like you would call people back, especially if you're in charge of that particular area where they live, and this guy was. So... Now, fishiness, one of the earliest fishinesses that I ever noticed was regarding that. Of course, after the um, the uh, election fiasco of 2000, it was immediately following the next year. So that's when I really started to wake up. So 2000, 2001 is when I really started to wake up that something wasn't right. All right, let's see. Don't watch the losers if they make you sick. Thank you, Veliam. I know. I know. I'm not supposed to watch the losers. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit because I think my chat screen went up a little bit. The theater of war, Desert Pete says. Yeah. Um, Comey actually said that the president has a right to fire the FBI director for no reason any reason or no reason, um, and also that um, he's, he's, um, he's not part, the executive branch is not part of the um, legislative branch, so all that stuff that Angus King was saying yesterday to the Admiral Rogers and to um, former Ambassador Coates, and I'm not sure what Coates's position was? Was it Director of National Intelligence, maybe? Um, Angus King, as a senator, was trying to make it sound like he had a superior position over those two men, which I don't believe he does have. Um, He could ask the questions, but they have a right to also represent their own branch of the government. Um, Because it's a fact-finding thing, it's supposed to be something to increase the knowledge around a certain issue, not to browbeat witnesses. So I I found it very embarrassing to have our former governor acting like that. It was really disgusting in my view. But I saw people just praising him, thought it was the best, you know, he was very tough and he was really awful to those people that someone called called them cowards. And I said, an admiral? (laughs) <laughs> and somebody who was a sergeant in the army who also was an ambassador, you think these people are cowards? Ex- explain what a coward is, please. You know, I don't know if people's brains are even working right now. I think they're sort of on, like, automatic pilot. 
Um, Valiam thinks that Comey behaved for the most part because he believes Trump has tapes. I hope he does have tapes. I'd love to hear them. I would pay money for those tapes. They could stick it right on iTunes or something, and I'd give out my little, you know, membership thing or whatever and buy those blankety-blank tapes and listen to them right now if I had the ability to do that. I'd play them on here. Um, I think probably most things in the Oval Office are recorded. I loved what, um, I think it was Blunt that said to Comey, so you said you didn't want to be left alone with the president again. And he said yes, and he said, but you took phone calls from him. (laughs) He was really good. I liked him a lot. So that was a highlight I would definitely listen to again and make sure that I have the right one and everything. But, yeah, it's like, well, this particular day you're saying you couldn't stand this, so you had to do this other thing. And then this other day it was perfectly fine. And I think they were alluding to that quite a bit too, which was that if you're saying that you felt uncomfortable, you felt the president was trying to obstruct your investigation or stop your investigation, why didn't you report that? Why didn't you do something about that? You stayed there, in other words. You didn't quit. You stayed, and you just didn't do anything. You know, what do you think your job is, basically? So I did like that, too. Um, popcorn is banned here. No way. You can have popcorn here if you want. As long as you don't get it on the keyboards, because it's really bad down in between the keys. You have to tip, tip them upside down and shake them, and who knows what's going to happen then. Okay, let's see. Um... Yeah, I always wonder what's happened to Jean. Where is Jean? It's good to see John, but I want to see Jean, too. I want to know what's going on with Jean. Um, Trump didn't tweet today. That's correct. I'm not sure that he would do it. Uh, I'm not sure he would do it tonight, but you never know. He might. Okay, so guest seven is saying that I was not on the live page anymore. Um, And I didn't answer, and they're gone now. But anyway, I don't know. I did schedule it really late in the day, so that could have something to do with it. Or maybe they just don't really want to help, you know, put anything on. Maybe you have to pay for it or something. I don't know. I didn't know it ever was on the live page because I never went and looked. So... Um. Fine with me. I don't really care. It's not like I'm paid big bucks or anything to do it. In fact, nothing. Paid nothing. Cost me money. Um, let's see. They're talking about Bitcoin in there. Desert P to Bellium. Bellium says Trump gave Comey enough rope to hang himself. He was under oath today, by the way, in case anyone missed that. So today, if his uh, testimony doesn't match other things he said, he could be in some really bad trouble. I heard that um, um, Trump's lawyers had something to say this afternoon, too, and I would love to hear that as well. I haven't yet. 
Georgia bus, bus crash, at least 17 injured, including children in an accident outside Atlanta. Ooh, that's not good. Um, I have a friend that lives down there near Atlanta. She's a farmer. She's a uh, She raises, I guess, beef critters, because I never hear her talk about milking. But she has lots of uh, cows and bulls and babies, and she's always posting her newest ones. Okay. Yes, we've all seen things not repeated regarding 9-11, yes. And you know the other thing about 9-11, when they disparaged uh, the president and said that he had made up the part about the uh, Muslims celebrating in New Jersey, I happen to remember that, and I did hear that said, and I did see video, and if it was the case that that was a lie, then I guess that's on the media because they did play that up quite a bit at the time. saw it repeated many times that there were Muslims celebrating in um I don't know if they called them Muslims, but it was the Middle Eastern, you know, uh, whoever they were um, sticking with the crime that they were celebrating in New Jersey. So, you know, whatever. He may have had the numbers wrong, but they were saying that there were a lot of people there celebrating in New Jersey, and they showed videos. I can see it right now in my, my memory. I can see the video that we were shown. So... You know, we can't trust them, obviously. Um, John can't have popcorn. I'm terribly sorry, John. Bell, you're not funny. Uh-oh, what's that mean? Bell's not funny. Okay, Lockheed paid Comey $6 million to leave. I guess that means they liked me to just lay me off. Yep. Forgot all about that connection. Comey has been around a lot of people. So has Robert Mueller. There's some interesting connections there, too. Oh. Okay, eight. Did Ginger make a boo-boo? Probably, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're referring to. I probably did make a boo-boo. All right. So I'm down to the end of reading the chat. So now we're going to go, because I I almost didn't do it tonight either, because I'm like, what the heck do I really have to talk about other than um, the president is under attack still. There are people saying stupid things in the media. There are people spinning things in an unkind and unfair way. Um, The media can't be trusted. Um, The Sunday shows are ridiculous. I'm getting a whole bunch more names. I have a list of names that I'm looking into to see who these people are and why they're put up there as an expert because they don't seem to know what the hell they're talking about. Excuse my language. Um, And it's just the same thing over and over and over. And it's kind of tedious to even talk about it. I don't even really want to talk about it anymore. And they're probably trying to wear us down so we won't want to talk about it anymore because then they can write it out of history like they tear down the uh, Confederate monuments down in the South. All right, I'm going to open up what I saved because it wasn't much. And it was from last week's, and it was like three links, and I really haven't added much to it at all. Let's see what's here. Subpoenas I've got. So what the heck does the subpoenas mean? What do the subpoenas mean? I'm opening this up. 
Okay, House Intelligence Committee issues subpoenas for the unmasking. June 1st, I don't even remember this. FBI, CIA, and NSA served with subpoenas. This was something that was on, um, says Fox News in the little logo thing at the bottom of it. I'll just give you the link because, honestly, I didn't go watch it, I don't think. But... Um, this was about subpoenas. I was probably excited because somebody was actually getting subpoenaed, and and you know, it has been quite a while that we've watched people do whatever they darn well please and have no consequences. So I was probably excited that I was seeing somebody get a subpoena. It was on Fox News, so it must be right, right? Take everything I say with a grain of salt. Always look up things yourself. I have no idea. I just tell what I believe is happening, okay? Um, Somebody was talking about what a... Oh, I know what this was about. Condoleezza Rice. um, She played um, some concert with Yo-Yo Ma. I don't know when it was. I don't know if it was recent or not. But someone in my family shared the video with me. And it's somebody who is on very slim speaking terms with me right now by their own choice, and it's because of political reasons. And I was very insulted, and I have not really tried to reach out much to this person because of it, because I'm like, why would I fight to keep a relationship going that somebody else feels is fine to throw away? That's how I feel about it. So I saw the um, video, and I thought, well, that's nice that they sent this to me so I could see the music, you know, the piano playing because Condoleezza Rice is a concert pianist and Yo-Yo Ma you know, it was a beautiful piece and everything but I can't stand Condoleezza Rice I don't want to ever see her face again she makes me sick to my stomach there's my stomach again sorry and so I said something back like thank you for sending that you know basically being nice thank you for sending that well, I thought you might like to see it. I thought you would enjoy it. That's what this person said. And I just was like, well, what do I do? Do I just say, yeah, I loved it. It was great. Could you send me one without that person in it? So anyway, what I decided to do was just say something like, you know, I'm struggling here because I don't like Condoleezza Rice, but the music was nice. And I got back this, oh, okay, you know, like, does anybody know who she is? Does anybody really know who she is, or do they just forget, or do they not care, you know? I mean, if I saw a beautiful masterpiece that Charles Manson painted on the side of a building, look at this beautiful mural that Charles Manson did, would I love it as much as if it was just somebody I never heard of before, and there's this beautiful mural? It makes it hard to enjoy something from a person who is a criminal, and I think of her as a criminal, and it's just too bad. So anyway, what I did was, I was, I don't think I sent this to the person, but I went and looked it up again so I could watch it again, and it was seven minutes of 9-11 foreknowledge, Bin Laden determined to fight, to strike in the U.S., and I viewed it again for my refreshing pleasure, which is that 
the woman sat right there and said that nobody knew that he would ever do anything bad in, in the United States. And uh, bin Laden, let's see, bin Laden determined to strike in U.S., something like that. She said it right straight out. I heard it during the testimony. I saved the videos. I watched it many times. She acted like she was totally clueless. This is not a stupid woman. This is a woman with a high IQ, very talented, you know, uh, raised to be uh, a status person, you know, very, um, what do you call it, somebody who had a lot of advantages in their life. And that's how she chose to use it, was to be, you know, a high-level criminal, in my opinion. I just don't, I can't enjoy watching somebody play piano and fawn all over them when when they're a person who shows that they don't protect the United States. No, she's not somebody I hold in high regard. So, anyways, that was a little bit difficult. But there's there's the link to that in case you want to see her say it again. So, um, I got back as a response. Okay, so I guess that means another six months of no contact because somebody's ticked off that I corrected Snopes as a way to debunk. Um, myths in the media because I was told to go look at Snopes and I said Snopes has been proven not to be reliable and that ticked the person off. We have a lot of people up here in Maine are getting cut off by their relatives and close friends due to politics. I don't know if it's as bad everywhere else but like I told you this is like a half and half state so everything that comes up is like fought over like it's life or death even when it isn't. And people get highly incensed. So, All right, the next thing on my list for a link was a roll call vote site, which I saved so that I could use it for other, other things, like when things come up. But there was something that had happened that day, and I wanted to know who voted for it. And someone had posted the roll call vote. Now, I'll just give you the link. I'm not sure which thing it was, but I'm going to look in just a second after I give you this. So this shows the roll call votes in our legislature. I'm not sure whether you would have the same thing in your own state, but I wouldn't be surprised because a lot of these things are, they made them uniform because they want everything to be just the same so when they go to their big globalist government that people are already used to doing things a certain way. So I wouldn't be surprised if you had a similar thing. Probably would even say like legislature dot uh, Idaho dot gov slash house. You know, probably the same way, same format. Wouldn't be surprised. So you could try it, or James King could do like Colorado dot gov. See if it shows the roll call votes. Um. I think it was the one where they were deciding whether or not people could lie when they were in the legislature for testimony that they wouldn't be punished if they lied. Because that was one that was really bothering me. Then there was another one this past week that had to do with guns. And um, stuff's just happening while people are busy being distracted elsewhere. Um, Let me see if I can find it. It might be down near the more recent ones. 
start at the bottom, go back up. An act to remove the limit of the num on the number of public charter schools that may be approved. I haven't even heard of that one. An act regarding parental rights. Um, one on bonds. One on standards for students. Student contact information provided by schools. Voluntary cooperation among school systems. High school diploma standards. Animal welfare laws, forest rangers. I heard about this. I believe it was to um, arm the forest rangers because they weren't armed previously, and uh, people feel they need to be armed because they're, you know, in danger in their jobs. Okay, we've got stuff here on clean water, mining. Let's see. Um, must have been back further than I thought because I'm still not seeing the one that I thought it was. Anything here yet? For uh, maybe the guns one was in the other part, not the lead. Maybe it was in the um. Maybe it was in the Senate. <clears throat> I don't think it was though. All right. Well, anyway, you can go and oh, here it is. An act. It was June sixth. An act to prohibit a person from providing false testimony to a committee of the legislature. I believe that was the one because there's two or three right before that, too. Um, so I'm not sure which one it was that caused me to, to save this that day. But anyway, it allows people to go and look at the roll call vote and see how their own representatives voted. Mine both voted, well, the one I know and the one that's actually my representative in Bangor, we have several, both voted that it was okay to, um, you know, it was okay to lie in the legislature, not be held accountable, basically. So there's that. Okay, the next one, let's see. This is a tweet. So what is this about? Sorry, this page doesn't exist, so whoever it was must have re removed it. It was probably some controversy. Maybe it had to do with Kathy Griffin. There were a lot of things going on with her that were pretty bad, pretty bad. Um, one more. This one is, oh, beginner mandolin. I started playing my mandolin again this past week. I decided that if I was going to learn how to play it, I was going to have to get serious and sit down and actually do some work with it. So I took about five lessons on YouTube, and it's from this guy called Mando Lessons. And um, I had started playing with him playing along with the videos, and I said, well, this isn't quite tuned the same, so if I tune it the same, then I'll know if I'm making a mistake or not, because I'll be able to hear it. So I decided I was going to tune it, and I broke one of the strings. I was like, ah! So then I took, I looked at a video and learned how to change the strings. So I'm going to be able to do my own string changing when I get some, but I haven't done that yet. But I learned how to play three chords. I learned how to um, from it and hold it and not break the strings, <laughs> not make a mistake that way. I learned all of these different things, so I kept the um, kept the link so I could find my way back there. So that's what this is. I'll let you see it. I know you guys think I'm totally whacked because we talk about all these weird things, but that's what I was doing as far as my musical self. I was learning. I picked up my mandolin again. And it's new to me. 
um, the people that I sing with on one of the nights of the week. The quartet has been having a hard time because, as you know, if you've been on here very much, my one of our friends from our quartet passed away in November, um, the Sunday after the election. She had a head-on collision and was killed instantly, and she was quite drunk at the time and going the wrong way on a divided highway, small divided highway, not the interstate. And um, it was a big shock to all of us, but she was depressed and upset about the election, and she and her friends were drinking heavily the whole week. So we've had a hard time because we we are trying to um, regroup, get ourselves back up on you know on the top of the heap again. In other words, feel like we're on top again instead of being run over, and get back into the music. And we're having a hard time because we've we've either been sick or something's been going on in our family or one other one thing or another, and the music part's been falling by the wayside. So. This past this past meeting that we had, we meet at somebody's house. I went in and I brought my mandolin and I said, okay, I took four or five lessons today and I'm going to play my three chords that I learned. And they were like, yay. And I said, okay, I'm telling you, we're getting back into the music. So we're going to have to get back into the music. We're going to have to sing our own songs. We're going to have to figure out how to adapt things to just three people or just do do something totally different because we really need to meet with each other. We need to keep keep this uh, sisterhood thing going. Our ages range from probably, I, I don't know how old the youngest person is, I think she might be around her late 50s maybe, up until early 80s of the three of us. And, um, you know, you just never know. So we do that, and we we enjoy ourselves, and we talk about life and politics or whatever we feel like. So sing along with Mitch Miller. I have some books of those, James Kim, that I could play for the piano if I had my piano unburied yet. So, yeah, I thought about banjo before, but I love mandolin. Um, I actually had somebody who claimed she had seen me with a mandolin. I had just met her. And she said to my friend, I see her playing mandolin. And it was weird because I'd already been thinking about it. I was like, how did she know that? She said she could see me playing it. So I thought, well, I do like it. I've always wanted to learn something different, so I'll get one. And I did. I bought it like maybe three years ago now. I bought it online. It's a, I think it's called a blossom bean or bean blossom or something like that. I have a picture, if I can find a picture of it. Probably I can't, but. I had a comment that I was going to post in a comment section in the newspaper, and it was put under moderation, so I just took it off because I get upset when they decide they're going to moderate comments, especially when there's nothing wrong against their terms of service or anything. So I just took it right off and just didn't even bother to post it at all. So this is what I said that was put under moderation. You see if you can find any keywords or anything that should have put it in moderation other than somebody was upset. Some people say he will be our greatest president in modern times. Donald Trump is the president of the United States. I am sane. I believe he's a genius. He won against all odds, fake news citing the fake polls, and manufactured negativity. 
Yes, he even won despite the immorality the DNC displayed against Bernie Sanders and his supporters. It's a wonderful thing. So tell me, what if that was offensive? What if that was against anybody's terms of service that just basically says you have to be civil and not have any um, personal or, um, in other words, you can't attack people or make fun of tragedies and things like that. And people do it all the time, actually. They actually do write those kinds of things, and they stay there. So the media is definitely manipulating us very badly. So, okay. Um, number nine plus, oh, no, stinker pants got me keyboard. Uh-oh, that must be the cat. So... I don't know what I'm going to do this summer. I don't know if I'm going to want to be here every single week if there's nothing much going on because I think it's very repetitive and I do value everyone's time. I know that people are doing a lot of work on their own and they're, you know, taking the time to watch the videos, inform other people, you know, form their own conclusions and all that, but it is summer. It's like, you know, we have things to do. We have gardens, we have, you know, life to live and we've been doing this a long time, so... Um, are you talking eight? Are you talking about this last election, Trump and uh, Clinton? Because I actually went to bed. I couldn't stay up anymore. I knew that they were delaying the outcome so that there wouldn't be as many people up, and I knew they were going to try to um, um, keep people from celebrating. In other words, ruin the celebrations by delaying and delaying and delaying. And I got tired of looking at it all of them acting like you know they were in deep grief when they're supposed to be unbiased. I was like, this is ridiculous. We got people on camera crying. So I just, I went to bed. I didn't stay up. Um, let's see if there's anything else that I can find that's important here. Because I have been sharing lots of stuff using Facebook, and I don't know if you guys have Facebook or not, or if you're even able to find things there. Um, there is so much coming through on Facebook, um, like uh, news. I mean, there's a lot of junk too. There's things like you know, funny animal videos or kid videos or pictures of people at the beach and who cares, you know, a lot of stuff that's personal. But a lot of times you can get um, important information on Facebook because people are also using it to share it where the media is not doing it. So I watch Jay Sekulow at noon uh, most days when I remember to turn it on. I watch it online, either on Facebook Live or on um, on Jay Sekulow's page, or I watch it on um Periscope TV. I think it's called Periscope.tv. And there will be, I think it's only halfway through, though. I don't think it starts at noon on there. I think that if you're having trouble getting the Facebook feed to, to run smoothly, you can go over to Periscope at 1230 and switch, uh, Eastern Time, and switch to Periscope and see the last half hour there. There's some other ways you can watch it. I don't use all those other ways, so that goes in one ear and out the other. But I think they're doing an excellent job. Those men are lawyers and people with a lot of experience. And 
I listen to their viewpoints and I listen to them discuss things, and they always have backup for what they say. Um, they're very careful about what they put out, and I find them interesting. And Jay Seculow also has a band, and they have a concert, which is very good. It's like the old rock music, and it's an excellent band. So if you like music, you get a chance, go listen to the Jay Seculow band, too. I think you'd like it. <clears throat> um, I've lost track of some of our people. I've lost track of Jack. I mean, I see him on, sometimes he'll put a like or a comment here or there that I see, but I've lost track of Jack. I have not been following Neil Keenan because I forgot about him because he didn't post anything for quite a while except for things about his, you know, computer machines or whatever, and I was like, okay, that's not what I'm interested in right now, so I stopped checking. Half the time I forget to go look at Rumor Mill News. I keep forgetting to go see Able Danger because on the days when I try to get there, something will be happening with the audio or something and I don't get to hear anything anyway and so I just say, well, I'll just listen to it later. So I'm getting out of the loop on a lot of things. I do appreciate when people send me things um, like links or you know something you find important. My email is gingercookie87 at yahoo.com um, and you know, I don't get a whole lot of email now, so I don't think people are using it as much as they used to. So, you know, chances are good that I will see it. And when I have a chance, I'll sit down and watch some of these things because I'm very interested in them. Um, Howie Carr, like I said, we listen to Howie Carr in the afternoons. It starts at 3 o'clock. We don't always start listening at 3 o'clock, but he does like four hours from 3 to 7 on um, one of our local stations. We listen. You know, we listen on our local station if we're in the car. But if we're in the house, we listen on the computer. It's HowieCarshow.com, and you can click on Listen there, and you can listen right on his website. There are people that call in, and they talk about New England. They talk about their their uh, personal stories and, and their concerns. Um, they talk about experiences that they're having. They are very funny. The audience is very funny as well as the people at the Howie Car Show. They tend to put a funny spin on things a lot of the time, and it makes it more interesting and more palatable. Um, Howie's very knowledgeable. He's uh, mostly talking about the Boston area, but he was born in Portland, Maine, and lived in Maine for a while, so he has a connection to Maine. He talks about Maine quite a bit, too. Um, they have the Chump Line a little bit after 5 o'clock, which is um, a recorded message system, like leaving a message on someone's phone. And there are people that call in fairly regularly, and there are certain, you know, people that have like their own thing they do, like they make up a limerick or they sing a song or whatever, and it's kind of entertaining. And they're related to current events. <clears throat> That's something I enjoy almost every day if I get a chance. His chump line is, um, I think it's, I think they said it's the same phone number as their regular call-in, which is 1-800-500-4242. I think that when you call that, you get an option to call to go to the chump line and leave a message. And they screen them before they put them on the air, obviously. 
Mondays they do another segment after Chump Line, so it's probably around 5.30-ish, called Hate Mail Monday, and they talk about the hate mail they get and the hate voicemail they get, um, and they play some of it. So like these people that call in that are completely unhinged, you get to listen to how foolish they are. Um, And then on Friday they do a, they call it Police Blotter Facts Friday, you can fax in your police news and they read the best stories of these crazy police blotter stories. And people can win prizes for the things they send in. So it's kind of entertaining and it's and it's also educational because they know things. They actually are in the know. They try really hard to make sure that they keep up to date on the various current events. So it's just another another viewpoint, another person looking or set of people looking at the same thing so you can see does that sound valid or not so that's why I like it they probably probably have uh, built them up before in the past but it's a show that I like and I've listened to for quite a while I didn't always like Howie Carr when I was commuting back and forth to work I would hear him on my way home from my job and I would just be sitting there just fuming in the car (laughs) the things he was saying. I was like, what is he saying that for? I don't understand what that's all about and everything. And I didn't like him very well, but I've I've come to like him more in, in recent years. Um, I went through all those links. So, um, I'm trying to think what else was just happening because now I'm thinking off the top of my head. <clears throat> We've got some pretty big stories developing here in Maine. Um, one of them re- refers to Riverview, which is a psychiatric hospital in Augusta. Um, it says the feds again condemn Riverview care and order Maine to repay $51 million. This is going to be a pretty big story in Maine. Also, um, the person who was the head of the Department of Health and Human Services, who is is uh, pictured with this article, she has resigned recently and will be running for governor. And her name is Mary Mayhew. Um, people either like her or hate her. There is no in-between. Um, and she, like, I think it was either the same day or the next day, she or her PR people put out a um, like a press release or something, and they used newspaper headlines, fake headlines, with the masthead of the newspaper on them. And now the newspapers are either suing or something. They gave her a cease and desist because that's a big faux pas. You don't use a newspaper's um, masthead, as they call it, when it's not really their newspaper. So they immediately went after the copyright infringement thing. So they made a big deal out of that, too. So she's about as popular as our governor right now, and um, she's going to be running for governor. So that'll be interesting to follow some of this stuff. Um, We have the Department of Interior, the Secretary of Interior, coming to visit Maine next week. It says... um, Coming to see the National Monument, which is the, you know, the one that I always talk about that was kind of forced down our throats by Obama, signed it in as a national monument, one of his 
last ones, I believe, that he did. And um, it's been in dispute whether or not this is going to stay. I think there's still court cases going on regarding this because of the way it was done. It's one that they were going to look back into again. So um, trying to get you this, and I don't see why it won't open all the way, but it won't. All right, maybe I'm going to crash. So if I crash, I'll be right back because it looks like this browser is not liking what I just did. It's giving me trouble. Close out that, which was Bangor Daily News. And I think I'm still here. Oops, nope, crash. Love it. It says that UDA is still running, but it's not showing. All right, so I'll be right back. If you can still hear me, I'll be right back. The restart. Yep, click. Okay. I'm telling it okay. Now I'm back, but I've lost what I had on here. So if anybody told me anything, you'll have to tell me again. Bangor Daily News, they have a horrible website that crashes things all the time. You'll have something um, go haywire, and it'll just like tell you, no, I'm not going to let you have that. You think, what the heck's going on? Then it'll say, do you want to submit a crash report? Uh, no, thanks. I'd just like to be able to see what I was just doing. Okay, so I want to give you this link, and it's just to the fact that he's coming here. Um, I don't know what the purpose is of, of it right now, but I know they were going to look into whether or not this is going to stay as a national monument because they just what they did was they had a wealthy person buy the land. She wanted to donate it to the federal government, uh, people were fighting back against it, um, and then trying to remember what the interim step was. There was something that happened in between, and then as soon as that happened, I think she donated it. I think she just said, fine, we'll just donate it to the federal government, and then Obama turned it into a national monument, like, I think the same day. It was very quick. And everybody went, what the heck happened? What the heck just happened? Well, it was how they do things, just don't care what the people think because they're just going to do it. And um, the argument was people have a right to give away their land if they want. So my point is, does that mean I can just decide to give my land away to China or something? Can I just give my land away to anybody I want and it's not Maine anymore? I think that somebody needs to look into some of this foolishness. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Maybe that's just me. So that was that. So that's about the Interior Secretary coming. Um, last night or the night before, Lucas St. Clair, who is, I believe, Roxanne Quimby's son, was at the library talking about the monument and had all the usual granolas sitting there clapping their hands and eating granola or whatever they were doing and talking about how great he is because they love to look up to the rich people. It's like, oh, they're rich. I love them. And um, there were like three people watching online, and there were about 20 that were there. So it wasn't by far any huge amount of outpouring of interest in this whole thing. So that will be interesting to follow along too. Um, see if there's anything else. There were some things with property rights, but I can't remember exactly what they were. 
So I guess we'll have to wait on that for another time. Um, did Comey. Oh, speaking of Comey, I wrote a note beside this. There were setups before the questioning even started. So if you were watching that at the beginning and you heard the statements made by the chair and the co-chair, they were throwing out stuff like it was already done, like everybody already knew. I thought that was really inappropriate. I talked about LeClaire just a minute ago. Oh, there was supposedly a Hawaii earthquake today. 5.1, I think it was. But I didn't hear it mentioned anywhere. Maybe it was on the news tonight. I didn't watch the news tonight. So, um, uh, One thing, that a date to write down if you keep track of these things was... Um, the last conversation that Comey had with Trump was on April 11th. He said that today. He said it was his last conversation he had. The thing I wondered about was why they weren't talking about these people that were, these brothers that were at the Congress and had the run of the place, basically. Um, why nobody's talking about those people? Because if they were that talented and they had the run of the place, they could have simulated anything they wanted. They had, uh, you know, they had access to everything. And no one's mentioning them. I think their last name is Awan or Awan, A-W-A-N. So there's another thing to look into. Okay, well, um, unless anybody has anything else they want to talk about, I think I'm pretty much, you know, spent. I've, you know, talked myself out for an hour. Um, do you have anything tonight, Desert Pete, that you want to update people on from the West Coast and let them know what's happening out that way. Do you have any news of any kind? Hopefully my chat's not frozen. Somebody talk, so I know it's still moving. Oh, good. Cool. Okay. I'll wait for you to call in then and see what's going on with you. We we have really long days this time of year, which is wonderful. I mean, it's not completely dark outside yet, and it's about, uh, what, 20 minutes of 9? Oh, also, all these terrorist attacks, you know, and they're, they're spinning those two every which way. So it's getting to the point where we don't even hardly notice them or remember them now. I, look, I keep notes most days. I write notes about what I'm doing. And when I go and I look back at them, I go, oh, yeah, and that was the day of the bombing, or that was the day of the, uh, you know, knife attack, or that was the day that people ran over somebody with a truck. <laughs> it's like we're getting um, almost numb to these things because we're hearing about it too often. So um, I need to go back and read up on Lend-Lease again, I guess, eight, because I've forgotten about it. And I do, I know we talked about it when we were in high school, but that was a long time ago. So probably I should go back and read through some of that stuff again. Hi, Desert Pete. I don't hear you yet. Are you there? Uh, Yeah. It was okay, a good. Big blackout when, when you switched me on. Everything was oh. dead here for a moment. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's me or what, but you sound good to me. So. Uh, all right. Good. Good connection, I guess. Uh, 
taking my telephone apart a couple of weeks ago and spraying it with contact cleaner apparently did a good job. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Worth the effort. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's see, a variety of topics here. Um, uh, yeah, Bitcoin just keeps climbing up and up. Um, uh, sorry to say, in my uh, efforts to find the best Bitcoin investment, uh, I'm running into uh, as much fraud there as we encountered everywhere else in the world. So uh, I'm, I'm screening things out before I actively promote anything. So anyway, I'm, I'm still investigating on, uh, on that stuff. Huh. But, but Bitcoin itself is showing amazing stability. Um, and from what I have researched so far, the most stable thing regarding Bitcoin are uh, mining operations. But even there, you have to ask around and find who's got a track record and of reality because there have been Ponzi schemes posing as Bitcoin mining farms that really had no facilities at all. They just had a website. So uh, anyway, there's so much fraud in the world. What, it's not just government. It's not just Federal Reserve. There's a bunch of fraudsters on the street, too. You have to you have Everywhere. To Everyone's looking for that last dime. That's it. And, yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, I'm still working on that. But I, I think I have found a, uh, a legitimate Bitcoin mining farm uh, based up in Iceland. And the last set of numbers I've seen is that it takes about $500 worth of resources, uh, computer power and electricity, as well as programmers to, to keep everything running. Uh, it takes about $500 to create one Bitcoin which today sells for $2,800. So that is a profitable venture. Uh, but the biggest challenge is finding legitimate organizations who are still doing it. Because there are uh, are still several million Bitcoins yet to make on the, uh, the hypothetical limit of, what, 21 million. Uh, they still have several million yet to be made. Hmm. So somebody's going to make them. And somebody's going to make an enormous profit once they get made, and once they even hit the end of the theoretical limit, a Bitcoin now becomes a work of art by a dead artist, and it can do nothing but just keep going up and up in value. Wow. So uh, uh, that seems to be the best approach. Uh, I'm testing. Uh, once again, I bought a small position with... Uh, with this farm up in Iceland, and I'm just waiting to see before they uh, they pay to see if they pay their first uh, performance uh, report uh, on schedule. And if so, then then I may uh, recommend it to others. Then. Uh, so that's comments on Bitcoin. Uh, let's see. Uh, other big story I'm having major confrontations with. And right now, I'm on the 99% doubtful side of it, and that's yeah. this claim of this international re RV revaluation. What are you picking up? You you occasionally look at uh, Godlike Productions and such, which I I just don't spend any time over there. I haven't seen anything really about that in in a while. I don't know. 
because uh, another good friend of mine was really misled with some outrageous numbers of, oh, yeah, we, we want to support free energy, and they offered him the moon on, on money and whatever, and, and he thought it was legitimate. And I'm thinking, no, this is the Nasera crowd, and the Nasera crowd channels with space aliens. So they're, they're off in woo-woo land, uh, and I find it difficult to... Uh, to see them ever touching base with reality. Uh, they keep referencing all these international meetings we hear, G7, G20, G whatever, and claim that, oh, stuff is going on in the background, they just can't announce it yet. And yeah, well, I've heard that story before. Uh, I, I've been suckered myself with that uh, 11 years working in a very classified area of Lockheed that uh, Due to my security clearance, I couldn't tell anybody about what it was. Yeah. And then when the project we were working on finally goes public, what does it get used on? It gets used by George W. Bush, one of the biggest liars we've had in the last eight or nine presidents, uh, to, to close one of his own drug deals. The guy had the audacity to pull out government resources to handle one of his private drug deals that was shutting down Noriega. Uh, that was the epitome of, of chutzpah and committing a crime with government money, but George W. Bush did it. And as I've explained before, uh, oh, Clinton's uh, associate, uh, Robert Rubin, uh, pulled another $19 billion crime uh, so the, the the amount of crimes that have been committed by politicians here are, are just atrocious. Yeah, we sit there and talk about how many there have been, and no wonder we're like sitting there going, what's happening? Because it's chaos. And they're trying to blame it on Trump, all this chaos that they're creating themselves. Yeah, uh, thanks to whoever posted that that uh, link tonight on the the ten things we heard from the Comey hearing. I've, I'm going to have to copy that off and re-put that put that up in, on Facebook and elsewhere. That's an excellent list. Um, yeah, let me get my page here and put the link up. Uh, oh, a couple of things. Uh, I hadn't written a blog since, oh, way back in the election. I mentioned it. Uh, it was promoting the Flush the Toilet Party uh, yeah. on my blog. Well, I, I finally wrote a new one. And this one, uh, let me get the link up here. Uh, yeah, this is more of a uh, memorial tribute to uh, the inventor, engineer, friend that I lost back in February oh. uh, after a uh, uh, after finally getting my hands on uh, on the coroner's report. Uh, uh, I found that he had died of a uh, hemorrhagic stroke. Yeah, and. Um, the last I had heard, he had stopped taking his medication because he couldn't afford it. And that's just deplorable. So anyway, I 
I do a bit of a soapbox box preaching in the blog there on uh, just the detestable state that the economy is in, how uh, people, uh, no matter how respectable your job is, things can go wrong in this economy. And the claim that, oh, we've got a safety net and, uh, and Social Security or something steps in or some government agency will step in and, and keep you from hitting, hitting the skids. Well, no, they don't. Uh, it's real easy for, for very legitimate people to, uh, very honest and upfront, hardworking people to fall through the cracks. Yeah. And this party did. So uh, anyway, that uh, that pretty much tells his story as much as I can. Uh, I kind of close out with uh, with the explanation of why I don't dare give his name out. Uh, and I point out some of the some of the stuff that that he and his family had worked on. Um, and then I, listening to Mike Rivera over at uh, Republic Broadcasting, uh, they are breaking down and asking for donations. And I see a lot of organizations are doing that, just admitting that ad revenue isn't working. And uh, and speaking of ad revenue losses. Uh, William Mount, the guy I, uh, Dr. William Mount, I guess he wants to go by. Yeah. Uh, have you seen his last video? No. Uh, again, he, he's a character who's all over the place between good stuff and and total lunacy quotes of acting as if uh, Sorcia Falls had any credibility. Uh, he got hit with a flesh-eating virus. He went about two days with no video updates, and then the last one, he's sitting, he's laying in a hospital bed with tubes coming out of him all over the place, and he got hit. So despite his lunacy and some stuff that just borders on comedy, it was so outrageous, some of his claims, he said something that got somebody mad at him. And he got hit, so how they hit him with it, I don't know. But uh, he is now in real bad shape, and uh, I, I feel for the guy. I disagree with him on a lot of the things that he that he promoted, but uh, nobody deserves what what's suddenly happening to him here. Uh, again, most people that I disagree with, I would like to keep them alive so that I can carry out the argument and maybe win someday. But yeah. uh, uh, that, that's just awful news on him. Uh, so anybody familiar with William Lount, uh, go check out his uh, his YouTube videos. And it's, uh, it's it's rather shocking to see the condition he's suddenly in. I will. I'll try to remember to do that. Hey, that Casey Hickok woman showed up on the scene again. The Ebola nurse. She was in the news because she has a lawsuit now. They're gonna, they're going to be settling with her about how Christy kept her in the garage and stuff as an isolation patient. And I don't know if Maine is in, is included or not because, of course, she came up to Maine and she and her boyfriend decided they could go anywhere they wanted to in the town where they were staying at the time, and it, that whole story reemerged. That was quite the controversy up here when she came up here. Yeah. What it, year was that? 2012, I think. I think it was five years ago already. 
hardly believe it, but water under the bridge had forgotten that story. Yep. Well, she had refused to stay in quarantine, say. She claimed it was against her civil rights and everything, but she um there was more to her background because she was actually a CDC person. She wasn't just a nurse, but they were letting on like she was a nurse that had gone over and worked in Africa and came back to the States and she didn't have the disease and they had no right to keep her and all these different things, but yet the incubation period had not ended yet. And there were other people that had gone to, you know, um, quarantine themselves. They did it as precaution and she wouldn't, so... Yeah, her story came back up this past week at some point, too, but it's been buried again already. I don't know how much money she'll get. But they supposedly found that Governor Chris Christie couldn't keep her in isolation in New Jersey, that that was wrong of him. So, took away her civil rights. Uh, yeah. Uh, and just jumping all over the world here on bits and pieces of news. Uh, Terrorism is still getting funded. Uh, I'm I'm in communications with a a missionary in uh, Cameroon, and uh, Boko Haram is, uh, uh, as the story goes, a a Muslim group that's just raising havoc and uh, set off a suicide bomb and killed 11 people. Uh, happened uh, three or four days ago. Uh, it was up in northern uh, northern Cameroon near the Nigerian border. Uh, and then just listening to Mike Rivera today, uh, another bomb went off at the Capitol building in Kiev and Ukraine. Really? I didn't hear about that either. See, they're not telling us things that normally we'd hear about. Oh, that's it. There, there's so much just censored out of mainstream news. And well, j- just before the show tonight, as as uh, Mike Rivera did an excellent summary of of some of uh, uh, Comey's points in the hearing, and just said the uh, the impeached Trump movement is dead after what Comey said today. So uh, anyway, based on on what I learned from him, then I went over to Google News, and every headline is defending Comey as. Oh, Comey felt that he was unsafe around Trump or something. It just a complete twist of <coughs> this yeah. is high school juvenile lying. Yeah, it is. This is so so juvenile. It makes no sense that people with paychecks are writing this. That that's yeah. absurd. Um, they think they have the um, you know, the correct scoop. They think that everything is that they're right and everyone else is wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, at least one bit of good news is that Kathy Griffin has lost all of her scheduled bookings. Yeah. Uh, she can't even get do a comedy act in Vegas anymore. And that's an accomplishment, to get completely censored out of Vegas. I mean, Vegas does everything. <laughs> yeah. Except Kathy Griffin, I get, finally Vegas is showing a, a hint of morality there. I'm, I'm I know it's not funny. It's like they'll they'll still worry more about the money than anything else, though. Uh, yeah, but uh, well, what this uh, 
I'm forgetting names. Um, think of her now. The other woman that was uh, uh, blasting Trump during the election and and continued blasting him even after after he was elected, and now she's top name on on CNN. Oh, Megan. Are you talking about Megan Kelly? No, not Megan Kelly. I was going to say she's not uh, on CNN though. So. Well, the woman who looks like a militant lesbian. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, short-haired dyke. Uh, somebody says she looks like the Fonz. Oh, Rachel Maddow? Yeah, her. Somehow or another, she's number one on her network. Uh, well, well which... Chelsea Clinton was on Jimmy Fallon last night promoting her book. Okay. It was really sick. I was just sitting there going, oh, my gosh, these people, they're just like, they don't know who she is. She should also be in jail. She's an adult. She's not a kid of the president and first lady anymore. She's an adult with her own children. And she's done stuff, all the stuff with the Clinton Foundation and the things regarding Haiti and everything. She's been involved in all that. So to me, she should be she should be also charged with whatever crimes she's done. Yeah. Not just her parents. Uh, I uh, I almost punched out my uh, my bank's ATM today as uh, as I was Uh-oh. pulling out forty dollars cash and cleaning out my account to make it to the end of the month here. Uh, the this promo comes up on the screen: Stand United with LBGT. <laughs> Good thing I didn't have a hammer on me, or I would have smashed the screen in. Willie. Uh, what is a bank doing promoting garbage like that? I don't know, but th- I saw that with some of the banks too, where they were putting like. Um, it sounds like um, TD Bank did that. I think there was some banks that were using that as some kind of a badge, I guess, to be, you know. Um, proud of themselves or whatever. Yeah, well... Somebody drove in our driveway. That's why we're looking out the windows. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Oh, but I I started on on terrorists. Yeah, I mentioned the Boko Haram in Cameroon. Something happened in Kiev. And then uh, there was some other attack in Tehran. Mm -hmm. uh, Iran. Uh, Who benefits from all this stuff? Um, this leads into something that I, I had a, a, a dot connecting, um, aha this week listening to, um, uh, uh, I guess the, the, uh, historian was, uh, Herbert Dorsey. Uh, I had been curious for some time, why do hyperzionists, and Jesuits occasionally act the same way, that one is allegedly following the Talmud and the other is a twist of Christianity, or, or so we're told. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm having an issue here. Just keep talking. I'll mute. Uh, okay. Uh, but why do Jesuits and hyper-Talmud followers do the same thing? goes back to 
how Ignatius Loyola was raised. He was born in a Jewish home, consequently was raised to respect the Talmud, but that was in Spain. And the king of Spain at one time then forcibly states this is now a Catholic country and everyone has to convert to Catholicism. Forced conversions never work. So when Ignatius Loyola founded the Jesuits, what did he instill into their doctrine? The same garbage he learned out of the Talmud. That I I I state to the court now is why Jesuits act like hyper Jews. Hyper hyper Talmud followers. The Jesuit doctrine is straight out of the Talmud of we are the elite rulers, everyone else serves us. That's the mentality of Jesuit doctrine. And the sidestep from that, how did they infiltrate the Protestants? Through the Freemasons. What is the Freemason doctrine? Order from chaos. Create the chaos and then bring in the order, which comes from Jesuits, which comes from way back in the Talmud, which comes out of the mystery religions of Babylon. I think I just made a major link of, of, of dots there. So who's paying for all this uh, terrorism in the world? Well, the front name we see is George Soros. But who is behind George Soros? And from what I see able danger finding, yeah, Jesuits are kind of behind everything. Well, so, I know there's a lot of different groups that are um, operating in the shadows, basically, and names that you'd never have heard of in your life. But that tenant that I had that was so odd, I, I wondered if he was working with Jesuits because just just the things he would say and what he was doing and stuff, I, I don't know. I still don't know why he was here because it didn't make sense to me that this guy would show up here. What would be the reason for him to be here? in the first place. And he didn't he didn't like leave a footprint, you know what I mean? He was very um low key while he was here. Like nobody would really know him. They wouldn't he didn't connect with people. He didn't join anything. He didn't pay his rent with a check or anything. He paid cash for his rent. And he didn't have a car. It was just it was just odd. I felt like he was here for some other reason other than that he wanted to find a place to live because he didn't really have a job. He claimed he was working on some um, projects that he was writing and stuff, and he didn't want people to bother him. So he was trying to be low-key so they wouldn't know where he was and they wouldn't bother him. But doesn't that sound odd to you? I mean, to me, it just stood out. And uh, he was extremely, I don't know, just kind of, overly private, like almost insulted if he felt like you were overstepping any boundary that was there. <laughs> it was like, first he wanted us to be close, and then he didn't want us to be close, you know, like, 
he would want to talk to us, and then he wouldn't want to talk to us. Just weird. When he left, he said, well, you guys told us, you guys told me that you were going to, you know, take me all around and show me places and stuff, and then you didn't. It was like we didn't have the money to, to pay for the gas to take him all over Maine and show him places. You know, if if we were in good condition and we weren't, like, struggling like we were when he was here, then it would have been a different story. We probably would have done it because, you know, he seemed somewhat personable. But I just found him very weird, and there's no real mention of him anywhere. If I go try to find him on the Internet and see where he is now, I can't find him. I don't know what his purpose was. I think he was here doing something, though. So <laughs> people move amongst us, and they do their things, and they stay just under the radar, and you know, in Maine, it's not that noticeable because people tend to let people mind, you know, do their own thing, and they don't bother them if they're famous or something like that, but. They do notice, but they don't bother them. They just watch. So, I don't know. Don't know enough about it, and I don't really have the time to travel around to see, because I'm sure that if somebody sat in one place long enough and just observed the area and what's going on there, they probably would see these things as people move in and out and accomplish whatever goals they have. But it's vast. It's a vast conspiracy. It's actually a vast um, secret system that most people don't notice. Bilderberg met this past week, too, I guess, or they're meeting now, one or the other. Virginia, I believe, Chantilly is what I heard. I don't know if it is over or just started, but... It was mentioned in the last week or so. Yeah. And they used to say that wasn't even real. And everybody said, yeah, it is. We've heard of it. We know it's real. No, it's not real. Now they admit it's real because it's been exposed, but you well, can't the, go to it. It's secret. The last uh, Robert Steele, the ex-CIA agent uh, video, uh, he refers to Bilderbergs as either has-beens or wannabe has-beens. He doesn't have much respect for power other than they do talk big. Uh, Well, they make plans for everybody else. They tell what they're going to do, and then they go do it. Yeah, but they're more of the public front of what sinister stuff is really going on in the background. Uh, The... uh, the interesting comment Steele made in, in this last video, and I forget the name of this host, he's he's on so many of them now, is uh, he came down on uh, the, uh, the Zionists and the Jesuits just as I did a few minutes ago. Hmm. Uh, so he was drawing the same link that, uh, that the Rothschilds uh, are working with the Jesuits to mess up the whole planet. Um, now, Neil Keenan's uh, video, the, the last one he did today, or the second to last, I forget what he said in each one, was uh, it was a June 5 and a June 6 update, so you guess you have to listen to both of them to find the point that he made. But he was, uh, uh, the, the main point he was making was that all the 
revaluation comments and whatever are coming from the Western press, as he termed it. I'm not sure which Western press he's talking about, mainstream media, not from them, certainly, but from the Western alternative media. Uh, but Keenan is claiming absolutely not. All the gold that is being discussed is coming out of Asia, not uh, not anything that the the West has control of. So anyway, that's that's Keenan's perspective. But Keenan has been talking to West to Asian gangsters here for the last how many years? And uh, deal with the gangsters, you might get some truth, you may not. So uh, it's all confusing, and I'm not going to hold my breath on anybody. Uh, we'll see what happens. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, jump into a completely different in- industry here. Uh, there's a character in the in the music industry. I'm ashamed I didn't know much about, even though I worked for his company there for a couple of three months. Uh, that was uh, Jerry Moss from A and M Records, yeah. which was Alpert and Moss, Herb Alpert and yeah. Jerry Moss. I didn't know much about Jerry Moss, so out of curiosity, I put his name into a, uh, a YouTube search and found uh, found an eight-part uh, uh, video interview of him done under studio conditions uh, that was very insightful and educational uh, on the whole record industry as a whole. And uh, he seemed like a very nice guy, a guy I never met because he had his office at the other end of the A&M complex and those are the executives I never got to rub shoulders with, so I never, I can't even say I ever saw him on the lot. But, uh, but his Rolls Royce was probably parked next to Lonnie's <laughs> or something. So, uh, uh, anyway, so there is, uh, there is a good uh, interview series of, uh, of Jerry Moss out there for anybody looking for it. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have the link to, to put up in the chat. Uh, but again, a YouTube search and find it. Uh, the one thing. I had to laugh at was he was talking about his early days in the music industry that uh, who was it it wasn't RCA it was another smaller name that had hired him to go out and promote uh, their records to radio stations around the country and he said he learned very quickly and now these are the terms he used that when he would approach a radio station and ask him to start playing so-and-so's records or whatever, he quickly learned that, oh, this DJ is being supported, so I'll, I'll move on and recommend our artist to some other station. Hmm. So he, this is Jerry Moss, half of A&M Records, speaking matter-of-factly that support of DJs was ordinary business. This is back in the 60s. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that, actually. Uh, For anybody listening who's old enough to remember the dirty word for that scandal back in the 60s, it was called payola. Yeah. Oh. And the record companies thought that was just part of the cost of doing business. That's how you get your records played on on 50 different radio stations is 
you hire the DJ at each radio station. <laughs> Here's an extra hundred a week or whatever, whatever the money payout was in those days. A hundred a week was way too much. A uh, hundred a week is what real people earned on, a, on an honest job. Uh, but if uh, if the record company threw a an extra something at at a DJ weekly, then they got their records played more often. And so a lot of the pop artists that were we remember from the 50s and 60s, yeah, that was payola that is why we heard that record played 12 to 16 times a day. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it just kind of made me laugh. And he didn't once use the word payola anywhere in that interview. He he just thought that was ordinary business, and he moved on about other things about about the industry. And I, I thought that was that was almost funny. Yep. So uh, now was was A and M doing that when I was there in 1978? I don't know. Uh, I think the the courts had had their given their 15 minutes of fame to uh, to everybody and uh, and settled the issue. So. It, it allegedly wasn't happening, but then again, just like lobbyists in Congress, you you don't know what's going on in the background. You can't monitor every penny that the the things that have been going on have been going on for a long time. As far as you know, getting people to do what you want by greasing their palms. That's it. So that's uh. Yep. That that that's the other term. Uh, so anyway, uh, I guess I've hit the end of my list. That was uh, it looked like a long list, but I went through it pretty quick tonight. So uh, I yeah, I think I'll... that most of what we're doing now is just watching things that are going on and hoping to see a break in the gloom and doom and go into uh, maybe a more positive thing at some point. I don't know when it's going to happen, but you know, I don't think they got too far today thinking they were going to uh, really find something great with this Comey thing. And uh, people, I think, they're starting to lose some patience, I hope. So, yeah, well, there's not a whole lot going on. It, uh, from that that list that somebody posted here earlier, uh, and from what Mike Rivera summarized, yeah, that just proves that it's the swamp that Trump warned us all about. But you still have to ask, why is Trump doing sword dances in Saudi Arabia? And the bigger question is, why is he selling weapons to Saudi Arabia? And why is he listening to Netanyahu? There, there's something definitely wrong with that picture. So... Trump is Trump. I, I don't know. Um, my my theory on it is is that what are you going to do? I mean, you have like all this corruption everywhere. You've got all this criminality going on, and people, you know, trying to get power all over the world. And what is he supposed to do? He cannot fight all of them at the same time. True. Uh, so, I, I mean, I I see him as trying to. In fact, I was really surprised because I thought, what a way to do it is. You know, he met with all these world leaders right off the bat, one right after the other. Um, 
and we don't know what they talked about when they were out of the public eye, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like, you know, there's been stuff going on in the world and we're going to be changing it and want to know if you're on board with changing it to the way it should be or if you're going to fight and get the consequences. I think he laid the law down with people. Um, you know, I think the thing with Comey was the same kind of thing as he was already in there. He was already in the job and he was saying, you have the chance now to, you know, redeem yourself, uh, no. correct the record, uh, you know, fix what was wrong with that whole Lynch and Hillary Clinton thing and everything, and he didn't do it. He didn't take his opportunity. He stuck with it. And so it was like, okay, I guess he's not somebody who can be on board. But, I mean, if you don't really know the motivations behind people's actions and whether or not they were coerced into what they did or whether they really believed in it and are, you know, part and parcel of that plan. Like, Comey has pretty much shown himself to be a Clinton person. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt there, whether he's there voluntarily or not, I don't know. But um, I think he was giving them a chance to straighten up, in other words, if they wanted to, because he can't take down everybody at once. It's not possible to do that. And I don't know, I mean, really, who who would he be working with? He's got to have some people as allies, too, that he can work with. So, I don't know. I hope it's not a big double cross, and we're just going to wake up one morning and they're going to say, surprise, it's now the global government, which could happen, I suppose. Well, could despite, all be a big joke on Despite us. my high respect for Lockheed and the technologies they handled, the fact remains they hired the only big money, big dollar people they hired were all criminals. Comey, six million dollars was his uh, uh, his departure bonus. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Cheney? What in the world does Lynn Cheney know about making airplanes? <laughs> Nothing. I don't well, care what administrators they Administrators don't have to know that much about the product manufacturer. They just have to know how to run a place. Maybe I she don't had care. a background in that. I don't care what they paid her. I know it was more than they were paying me, and I was making parts that flew at Mark at Mach three. Yeah, but they don't. That isn't how they base it. You know that. Not how they base somebody's salary. But you have to understand something about the industry. She knew nothing. Nothing at all about aerospace. Nothing. So what was her exact job? Did she have any day-to-day activities that she had to do? She was married to Dick Cheney. That's why she was hired. Okay. Her sole purpose. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, Lockheed top management hiring. Uh, Somebody with an N, a name. She didn't even have to show up at work, probably. I can't say that applied to everybody on Lockheed's board of directors because I met two very high-powered people in Lockheed 
that were legitimate, and they were doing the work that kept the company going. Hmm. One I went sailing with. Uh, the other I, I happened to meet at the same church we were, we both attended at the time. And what little I got to know is that he was the brains that was keeping the corp the corporate money in order. Uh, so, no, there was nothing criminal about hiring either of those two individuals, but when it comes to Lynn Cheney or Comey, hmm. uh, the, okay, the third name here is Senator Sam Dunn, Sam Nunn. Sam Nunn was, uh, what, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee? He knew how how Congress handed out money. Yeah. Talk about inside hiring. Uh, well, yeah, Trump. That was one of Trump's campaign promises was to eliminate uh, anyone in his staff uh, stepping out to a corporate position like like Sam Nunn took from uh, from Lockheed as soon as he left Congress. Uh, so Lockheed's got a history of bringing on some really big dollar people for some really corrupt reasons, and I'm ashamed to admit that I was affiliated with Lockheed at all, taking a paycheck from them. But I had nothing to say with that. That was all up in high mucky muck land that uh, was certainly out of my control. And. Uh, Back in those days, I was a factory line worker mentality. I didn't know about uh, corporate structure that much uh, to to say anything if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but looking back on it, that that just thinks to high heaven what uh, what they were getting away with. Uh, oh, the other story. I got to mention this video again. I think I mentioned it. Uh, once before, and let me get the the link up. Um, uh, I put a uh, a story on my energy page, uh, and it's right under the uh, the picture of uh, Noriega. Uh, and it's a uh, a video. Um, it's a documentary produced right after uh, uh, Bush Senior invaded Panama. It was an excellent documentary that exposed some of the super weapons. Where is that? Uh, okay, I just put a link to my energy page. I'm on that. I'm looking and, at it. Uh, in column two, uh, scrolled. Political actions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look for Noriega's picture. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In my comments, right underneath that, I mentioned the movie Panama Deception. Yeah. Uh, that is a movie everybody's got to see. Uh, it was done years ago. I think it's only 480 pixel resolution, whatever. It was nar narrated by uh, uh, Samantha from uh, from Bewitched, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. 
Yeah. Uh, she had an excellent uh, voiceover uh, voice uh, for the narrating of it. And uh, shortly after she produced she narrated this documentary, she came down with an abrupt, fast case of colon cancer and died just a few months later. And you have to wonder, Panama's invasion was a total CIA operation, masterminded by George W. Bush Sr., George H.W. Bush, I should say. And... uh, when a, uh, a she was really never known for political views, uh, and I think she was just hired for her voice, voice quality rather than uh, any any political ties or whatever. But uh, it really looks to me like somebody vented some wrath on her after Hard to this say. after that movie got released. But it goes through a litany of really hideous Star Wars weapons right out of Reagan's Star Wars budget that got experimented with in Panama. And that is scary stuff. Uh, Some of them have been put back into secrecy, and I've only heard them mentioned in this video with all my classified contacts in the world, I've never heard anybody else talk about them except in this video. Hmm. And this video interviews people who witnessed it in action. Not hearsay. So this is not some chat board saying, oh, I think the military can do such and such. And boy, they're 50 years ahead of us and why they can do this and that and whatever. No, it's none of that. This is from eyewitness accounts that, that are mentioned in this movie. And... uh it, it'll shake in your boots, uh, kind of stuff. So, uh, so Noriega passing. Well, even I forget it was Fulford or or Keenan that uh, that feels that uh, Noriega's uh, death was rushed or accelerated. Uh, as I just mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Dr. William Mount as as out in in freaky freaky land as he is at times, he said something that was apparently true that shook somebody up, and now he's in a hospital bed, and that sure happened fast. Because you go back five days ago, and he's bright and chipper, bright yeah. and cheerful, and. Uh, and doing cracking his usual jokes and whatever in, in his videos, and then suddenly he's he's laying almost on a deathbed. So that happened real fast. Uh, anyway, those are the uh, main things I wanted to mention. And uh, California continues with uh, with an idiot Jesuit in the governor's seat, and uh, and a bunch of yes people. Uh, surrounding him in, in Sacramento, so I don't have anything good to report from California. What are the people saying about that really rude senator out there? The woman that was, like, badgering the heck out of people yesterday and today. Uh, what the heck's her name? Kamala Harris. Uh, yeah, I'm not up on that story, so... 
Oh, well, she's she was um, badgering, basically. She was making a name for herself, and and uh, she was told that she needed to let the witness answer because she wouldn't even let them talk. She was just, like, grandstanding right over them. Oh, that, that's typical. Yeah. Typical Sacramento arrogance. Yeah. Uh, somebody posted a... Uh, a I won't say it's a good video because it's just disgusting. It says what what's happening in California with WTF uh, ahead of it, and uh, and it just plays one insane liberal waxing eloquent on utter stupidity after another, and it's a clip from just numerous. Communities around California, and the leg- the the legislator in in each community is a total idiot, and they they strung a bunch of those clips together, and you just wonder who voted for these clowns. I don't know. How in the world did they climb up out of the swamp into a uh, a job that requires them to wear a wear a suit and tie every day? This is crazy. Uh, how is the money getting spent on other idiots? How are idiots like that getting jobs when there's a lot of intelligent people out there that can't get work and are getting rejected for whatever? So, uh, anyway, just ongoing Desert Pete bellyache here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's how the economy sits here in California. Uh, Pete, Pete, wake up. What, what, what did I say that, uh... I don't know. I'm not sure what they were talking about at that point. Was I screaming again, or, uh... No, you just sounded a little upset. Well, I am. Not seeing any equality in the world, and... Bad enough we have have the known liars in government, but uh, <laughs> when you run into them on a, on a day to day basis, that's uh, that's another another issue we have to deal with. All right, well I'm at the end of my list here for the, the things for the week. So yeah, during during the summer heat, I think once every two weeks is about uh, about all I can come up with anything worthwhile mentioning. Yeah, it's hard to, I mean, we had a lot of things going on when we were leading up to an election and all of the things that, there was like a flurry of of um, activities going on everywhere. And it's like now it's sort of, I don't know, it's almost like people are hanging back in their little cave and they're just like, if somebody walks by, they're just like trying to grab their ankles or something. It's not, it's not anything really out there in the open. They're just trying to roll over people and hoping that, People will just give up. I think. I don't know. It's it's uh, like trends more than anything. So trends are kind of hard to talk about. They're they're just things you notice. But what do you say about them? I don't know. Today, um, the president had some type of a big infrastructure meeting and. I guess he made a speech or something, but I don't even think that was covered in the media. Like, we have to figure out what's important and bring it 
out for people to notice, I guess, because they're not covering it. They cover this stuff, this nitpicking stuff that isn't going anywhere and means nothing, and they're ignoring the things that are big that people really want taken care of. And, um, you know, I don't even know if it does any good to call the senators and representatives because they're all sort of off in their own little la-la land anyway. It's like, I don't know, I feel like we've slipped into some other dimension or something that doesn't even feel real. Really strange. It's almost disorienting. Wow. Total agreement. Yeah. Yeah, flesh-eating bacteria and gangrene's not a good thing. I can't even imagine. Oh, has yeah. he? How do you a... even get something like that? How do you get something like that? Come on. Did he add gangrene to the list? Well, flesh-eating bacteria, a lot of times that goes hand-in-hand, I believe, because gangrene is dead flesh, right? Shoot. Um, Valam says, the reason I think, let's see, the video got Mount into troubles because he was out in his garden working and his hind end and tailbone started hurting. Yeah, he'd, he'd bellyached on two episodes about injuring his tailbone. Uh, well, that's usually a case where you you accidentally fall backwards or sit down too hard. Yeah, but how would that give you flesh-eating bacteria? Well, I know, and uh, weird. No, uh, that that had to have been uh, plant somehow or another. Oh, very strange. Oh, the uh, the favored method of assassination by Jesuits is poisoning. Hmm. Nice. And I wonder if the type of poisons they use has changed over the years. I don't know. So, uh, don't know. Anyway, well, just pray for the guy's health and recovery here. Pray for everybody's because anybody that's saying anything right now could be, you know, targeted by these people. Yeah. Um, Horrible. I think we're safe because we've got a small audience and we're not rallying millions of people. Uh, William Mount was claiming an enormous number of hits on his video. Yeah. And I know from my own website that hit counters can be thoroughly confused by by search engine robots just checking in to see if your page has changed. Yeah. And uh, a hit is a hit, and so they, you don't really know if those were somebody really looking at your page or if that was just a computer checking in. Uh, and I, I, so I've been a little suspicious of, of William Mount's claims that he has over 100,000 viewers. Uh, and he, he well, I think he said two or 300,000 once. Well, that that's a major audience. And are are that many people tuning in to laugh at him, or are that many people really listening to him, or what? Uh, I don't know. But he he backed it up with not just the hit counter on his YouTube page. He he uh, somehow or another brought in some additional software 
that was reconfirming that, yeah, these are, are legitimate views of people that watched and played the whole thing to the end. So uh, that may be true, and maybe the guy really does have a big audience, and that might have been what triggered somebody thinks that what he had to say was not good and wanted to remove him. I don't know. Uh, when you read the epitaph on my uh, the memorial and on my engineer and some of the projects that he worked on worked on that I allude to. Uh, I, there's still a 2% question in the back of my mind. Uh, did somebody want him out of the picture? I don't know. Uh, he never had a big audience. He was very secretive to himself. And uh, and most of the classified stuff that he worked with, he just didn't want to elaborate with me as, as to what it was. Uh, but uh, the the poor guy was a victim of several practical jokes and I don't like practical jokes and they were all played on him by his co-workers in that classified environment oh I have more than one way to know that those were the characters initiating it and if he worked with clowns that number one, had to have a high security clearance to get in there, but then jeopardized it with practical jokes. That just tells you the mentality of what's getting hired into very important positions. And now we go back to how did Comey ever get a job? being as stinking corrupt as he was. Probably because he'd do what he was told. Again, I, I just have to shake my head and wonder, how do these people land any jobs at all? Where, where honest people with integrity that can show up in the job and do what they're told get rejected for the most stupid reasons. Uh, it just makes no sense to me at all. That's why we've got a screwed-up economy. That's why I'm kind of rejoicing about Bitcoin being an, an, an unregulated method of wealth transfer that you don't have to answer to a bank or or other regulator to, to move them around and do what you want with them. And if you want to help somebody out, you can. So, yeah. Uh, so the world's changing, and... Uh, According to Neil Keenan, it'll be a change coming from Asia. Um, according to other stories, well, maybe Trump is cleaning house. And uh, this this international reval currency revaluation crowd is claiming major change on uh, June 10th over the weekend. So we've kind of heard okay. that before. So we'll see what changes next. Yeah, we have heard that many times before. Uh, yeah. They love to say it. it's on a long weekend or something when the banks closed on Monday, but then nothing happens. So, uh, as usual, I'm not holding my breath. I'm, uh, I'm going on about business as usual, and I'm continuing to investigate the best way to uh, 
to profit from Bitcoin other than simply holding one. Because right now, as, as I put in the chat board, the, the record stands. I, when I first mentioned the topic of Bitcoin back in April, it was $1,250. And today mm. it's trading at $2,800. So if somebody simply had a Bitcoin, that's how much it would have gone up in value just in that period of time. Wow. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. But, uh, but other than that, it's taken me two weeks to come up with anything worth worth mentioning on the, on the Yoda show. So I, I don't like hearing my voice any more than anybody else does. So I, I, <laughs> I hate coming on and rambling for an hour. So. Uh, we do ramble on sometimes pretty late, but that's okay. We have well, we have to talk to people that actually know what we're talking about instead of the brain dead people around <laughs> that anybody, don't even know anything's different. <laughs> anybody who's made it over age sixty deserves enough time to finish their point. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and and that takes a little time to explain at times. So. Yeah, the reason I had to leave for a couple minutes was because I was I was trying to be quiet and discreet and I took out my little track phone that I bought so that I'd have a cell phone if I was on the road somewhere. I bought a track phone for a year's worth so that I could just not worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was taking it out in case I had to call um, like the police or something because somebody had driven in the driveway and they were sitting out there and the headlights were on. And I'm like, it's dark now, so why are they sitting out in the driveway with the headlights on? We're not expecting anyone. So I yelled to my boyfriend to go outside and he went to go outside to see what they were doing because we have something for sale in the yard as well and he thought maybe they stopped to look at it or whatever. And the guy just said, no, I was looking for my ID, whatever that meant, digging through his car, I guess. I don't know. So I don't know who the guy was, but I was trying to uh, be quiet in my cell phone because these things have a mind of their own. I kept trying to stop it and it kept talking to me like, you know, when they go say a command or something. I don't even know what she was saying, but it was saying something and I couldn't get it to stop and it kept talking. So oh. I was trying to shut it off and it wouldn't shut off and that's why I said to you, I just have to I have to mute out for a few minutes so see what's going on. And I didn't think I was going to be able to shut that stupid phone up. I, I thought I was hearing a, a <laughs> Betsy Wetsy doll talking or something. So, oh, no. it, was, it was your cell phone. All right. No, um, it was this stupid track phone in it because I don't use it because I, I hate cell phones now. I don't even want one. I only have it in case I have to call, like if I was on the road and had an emergency or something, because I, I want to be on the road. I want to do stuff. And I figure that will give me confidence because I can call somebody if I have to. But um, I, I just... I had taken it out in case I had to call, like, the police because I didn't know who was in the driveway and what they were up to. So I still don't really know what they were up to, but they can't really carry off what we have for sale in the driveway. It's too big, so we'll hear them if they try to load it onto something. It's just a little, like, a little outbuilding that was built to sell. So I thought maybe they were out there interested and, you know, hey, maybe somebody wants it. But no, they were just probably they probably just pulled in off the street so they wouldn't be sitting in the road while they dug through their car. I don't know. It could be somebody out to get me because they know where I am. I I try not to think about those things. They they, they wouldn't get you while you're live on the Yoda show. So. No, probably not. I mean, it, we don't know. I mean, these people are pretty pretty devious. Horrible to say, but you know, I just say prayers and. 
prayers for the people to be able to be successful in, you know, defeating these people and call it good. You know, I really think we've had some very fortunate events that have brought us together. So, you know, I do believe strongly in that we're we're protected somewhat just from the fact that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, oh well. Some oddball people around lately, though. Holy cow. Yeah. They act like they don't even know what they're doing or even know where they are on the planet. Interesting. Sad. You're trying to sell something. I I mentioned what on the last show that I'm trying to sell my metal detector, and the only uh, only got two two responses on it. One fellow was I don't know why people write stuff. It just he preferred a different brand. Well, I don't care. Why are you talking to me about it? <laughs> and I know. Uh, probably figured you had similar interests. Oh, uh, so anyway, that w- that was kind of a strange. Or why. he was trying to disparage it enough so that you'd sell it cheaper. Yeah, uh, I know what it can do. You're not gonna talk yeah. me down or anything. The other, I have to laugh at it now. You guys said, "Are are you open to trade?" And I go, "Well, what do you what do you want to trade? I'm I'm looking for Bitcoin right now." And he said, and he gave me the the name of some some brand name uh, pistol, uh, twelve round or something. I don't know one gun from another. I said no, thank you. I mean that makes a lot of sense. Here here I have a thousand, a metal detector worth about a thousand dollars, and I show up in a parking lot and I'm looking for a guy who has a gun. Well, it's, I'm sure it's different different places in the country too, because you know people could try to set you up that way. Well, exactly. So yeah, uh, get rid of something they don't need around them and give it to you to worry about. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't do it either. It's out of my price range. We're interested in things like that too, but out of my price range, too high. I don't recall seeing guns listed for sale on Craigslist. Maybe they <laughs> they've eliminated that. I don't yeah, know either. Same on eBay. Um, so maybe that was his only way of getting around selling a gun. I don't know. List was on a barter. Right maybe now. it was hot. He was trying to get rid of it, and you were going to be the maybe. way he got rid of it. Maybe it was one of Eric Holder's, and it had come in through his uh, Fast and Furious thing, and they were going to trace where it went next. Yeah. Who knows? But I think if anybody is interested in in supporting their Second Amendment rights and go out and, and purchasing a weapon, you really have to go through a dealer. So, so maybe that's a collusion between the state and uh, and the gun dealers. I don't think you have to in Maine still. I think you can buy from a private sale. Okay, but, uh, but not directly can. over Craigslist though. I don't know. I don't do Craigslist, so I don't know. Don't know about that. Well, Craigslist and eBay, I think, are the two most popular in the country. There's no doubt a lot of other ones. Yeah. Uh, no, we're selling a building that looks like it's a looks like an outhouse. It's a small, like garden shed or outhouse. It could be an outhouse. Doesn't have to be an outhouse. But it's cute. I haven't had any buyers yet, though. We've had a couple of people interested, but then it's fallen through. So we're hoping to sell it 
He's building the second one now. He's building another one that's going to be a, just a different design of another outhouse. He will actually use them still. They don't all use them as an outhouse. Some of them just use them as a outbuilding, like for a shower or to put a composting toilet in or something out in their you know, camps. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll sell something. It's probably nothing you'd want to set up in your front yard. <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's sitting out where people can see it as they drive by so that hopefully it will generate some interest and somebody will stop. Oh. So we've got it listed a couple of places, so we'll see. I was hoping the guy was just getting out looking at it because he was interested, but that wasn't it. Well, <sighs> pray we find some customers here. we we got to turn something into cash here. Yeah, cash. I got to. I was thinking about, you know, should I just, like, file a claim with the city that they kept me from having so, so many months of rent? And put me out of business, and so they deserve that I deserve to get paid for that. I was thinking about it, putting in a claim. I didn't know how that would be, but it's the truth. <clears throat> they did put me out of business. By now, I probably could have been making like twenty one hundred bucks a month, all because I couldn't get a utility. Well, the the business model of so much stuff is changing here. Yeah, they keep undercutting the people so that they can get oh. their friends in. Yeah. That place uh, is, they're already doing work on that place over there. They, I believe they've gotten uh, permission to put a curb cut in, so they're going to park cars on one side where there was lawn before. There was <laughs> a, a comment on Facebook, uh, someone pointing out that uh, uh, to maintain a prisoner in California costs $76,000, which is the same as... Uh, Attending a year at uh, at an Ivy League school, and uh, one of my own classmates put a comment under that, blaming it on on unions. Yeah. And I said, no. I happen to know a former prison guard, and the pay was the pits. Uh, here in California, a lot, if not most, of our prisons are privately owned. And leased or or rented to this the state I don't know if the federal prison system uses private prisons I don't under, quite understand the structure I just know that there's a lot of privately owned prisons here in California numerous ones and they set their fees and the state budget allocates that, well, it's cheaper to hire a private prison than to operate our own. And that has started the business back in the 80s, I guess. Uh, Wackenhut was the big international firm, and they changed hands. I don't know who who the new owner is of most of the prisons in California. But uh, they pay the guards as little as they can. I remember that. I remember that name, too. And the uh, the one person I know that was a former prison guard managed to uh, get up and become a, a shop steward and then eventually the president of his union. So as far as union graft goes, here's what he reported to me. When he looked at the union books 
he found that the warden was cutting deals that was skimming money off the union guard payroll. Get a load of that. Money that was supposed to be allocated toward payroll was getting skimmed. Skimmed to who? One of the warden's buddies. That's what this union president found. He raised a big stink, managed to get the money released and returned. So it's baloney like that that's going on in the California prison system. Yep. So don't go blaming the unions. The unions aren't even getting a living wage as far as the cost of living goes here in California. Yeah, they work in a prison, so feed the prisoners slop, but they'd like to go home to a decent meal and support a wife and family. Uh, Are they getting paid enough to do that? No. So uh, that's, yeah, there is plenty of union graft out there. No argument on that. But from somebody who worked up from the bottom inside the union and got to being the president of his union at that prison, when he got his hands on looking at the books, that's what he found. So uh, corruption is so deep and intertwined in everything. Uh what have we learned from Able Danger? Nothing is as it appears. Well, and the thing is that it's not going to be fixed in just you know by one person becoming president or anything else. It takes everyone. Yeah. Everyone has to be watching this stuff and calling it out whenever they see it. I mean, there's people in positions of of um, where they could take action but haven't because they don't feel like they have the power to or they don't want to get involved or whatever. But you know, you just never know. There's, I'm sure there's people that you could influence in some way, even though you might not think of it right now, but they are. there are people around all the time that can influence somebody in some way, and I feel like, you know, there's only a few of those, so they should be doing it if they can. You know, if you, if you know somebody and you know they're kind of struggling with what they ought to do, and you just tell them, you know, hey, you need to do what's right, <laughs> not for what's easy for you today. Yeah. And um we have a lot of um we have a lot of people here in our legislature that are getting a lot of pressure from their constituents and actually some people that aren't even their constituents because in my case, for example, <clears throat> my representative won't even take any communication from me, like unfriended me on Facebook, won't answer my emails, blocks you know, I can't communicate and so there's other people in the legislature that aren't even anywhere near where I live. And, and because of Facebook, people are communicating with the people who are receptive. And it doesn't seem to matter where they are. You know, they have their certain area that they're representing. And officially, that's true. But they also get input from other people from other parts of the state because we that's how Facebook is. So... Um, I have a couple of them that I say, I wish you were my representative, but since you're not and you're right here, I'm going to tell you what I think. And so they get input anyway. And I just take the opportunities, you know, if I get a chance. I think, okay, this is the time to mention it. And maybe I'm a pain in the butt for some people. I don't care. 
because um, you know I haven't got I have had no advantage from not doing anything, <laughs> none. Um, the squeaky wheel and all that stuff. Occasionally, they something happens because you do speak up, and you know I think that's why I got my uh, electric company deposit back unexpectedly several weeks ago was because I brought up certain things. I said, you know, I don't think this is right, what you're doing. They're probably like, holy crap, you know, she could probably do something. I think I could do something because I think that they don't have the right to keep a utility away from somebody. And they did. So I don't know what I'll do with it. We'll see. But, you know, that that was like a type of discrimination, if you think about it. Because obviously the guy that bought the house is probably got electricity in there now. I don't think they kept the electricity from him. So well, we he probably it. could play the game because he had the, you know, had an electrician already or had somebody who was in the, whatever you call it, in the club. But I wasn't getting anywhere. So... Yeah, could I prove that somebody deliberately did it? Not really, but I could prove that the the way that they did this put me at a disadvantage so that I couldn't get out of it. You know, what was I supposed to do? I had no way to do it myself. So they were making me rely on this system that didn't work for me, but it works for other people. I just find, you know, the whole thing as far as like um, Trump saying you know, needs to get rid of the regulations and stuff. It's very refreshing, and I hope he can get rid of a lot of that stuff because most of them are of no value whatsoever. And, like, this thing with the Paris um, Accords and everything, too, and everyone having such a fit about how, you know, the world's going to come to an end, basically, because Trump pulled out. Well, it never said anywhere that we had to stop doing what we were doing. It just said we're not participating in that because we have to put our own country ahead of, everybody else's interest. That was a whole scam type thing. And the more I heard about it, the worse it got, because apparently the different countries could set their own goals, and our goals were set higher than other people's, and we were putting all the money into it. It's like something was wrong with that picture. And it doesn't mean we have to just go back and say, okay, fine, we can just, you know, filthy up the rivers and, you know, ruin everything. That's not that would never fly because the population wouldn't allow it anyway. They'd say, no, we're not doing that. So they'd be fighting back against that. I don't think we're going to ever see it as bad as it was. You know, our river here in Bangor used to stink. You could actually smell it. When we first lived here in the 70s, it was it stunk, and it had foam in it. And it was just, you know, it was the, uh, the uh, effluence from the mill that was upriver it was what they were putting into the water and stuff like that. It was just stinking. And the the fish weren't alive or anything. And, and our and our river was um, cleaned up to the point where the salmon came back, back up into it. And the first salmon, I guess, went to the White House every year or something. There was some kind of a um, commemoration or something of having these salmon come back. And, you know, they took a lot of dams out. They cleaned everything up, and it's beautiful. Nobody's ever going to let it go back to the condition it was in. So it's not like it's not like immediately the United States is going to decide it's okay to get filthy again. It's not going to be happening. But you would have thought so from the way people reacted to that. It was like, 
my God, he's going to allow them to, you know, make dumps on the side of the road again or something. No, we're still going to be working towards having a clean environment and clean energy and all those things. The the fake uh, green liberal movement is so phony. I can't believe the public hasn't realized it yet. Uh, Huffington Post headline says, uh, Trump pulling out of the Paris Agreement is an impeachable offense. (laughs) What an asinine remark. He had a right to do it. Who wrote that headline? How are they getting a paycheck to write something that stupid? Number one, it's wrong on so many levels. I don't know where to begin. And uh, looking at the the results of Obama's administration here in Trona, I've I've mentioned this before. We had a cogeneration plant. Obama's legislation puts its foot down. We're shutting down all coal-fired electric plants. So fine, they could no longer sell one watt of electricity into the grid, and they shut down the electric portion. Fortunately, they still needed steam to run the chemical plant. That's still burning coal. I still see train loads of coal coming into town. In the summer months when I open my window, I still have to sweep coal dust off my windowsill. They're still burning as much coal, but they can't sell any of that energy into the electric grid. Thank you, Obama. That's how totally phony the whole liberal green movement is. They write legislation that costs jobs, that actually cuts efficiency, pads the bank account of their buddies, and doesn't accomplish squat. They're, they're as fake as all get out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Trump, for pointing out that uh, the whole Paris Agreement was just for the sake of of killing the American economy and had nothing to do with cleaning up the world because it wrote exceptions to allow China to continue to burn coal for for electric power. And other countries were getting away with murder on on They totally gave them an advantage. I mean, and and the whole thing was that while they're over here talking about how, you know, they're doing all these wonderful things to clean up the environment and everything, they're sending all their manufacturing over there so they don't have the regulations and can, you know, do whatever they want. I, I just, you know, I couldn't listen to that stuff anymore. It was, like, disgusting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, so it's you're going to protect Americans and say you're so great, but you're okay to go over there and, and, and really trash up that area over there and people die and everything in that kind of environment when they're working in that. Yeah. We don't see the pictures of how dirty it is over there. It's well, apparently it's, pretty darn dirty from what I any, understand. If anyone the, has air and the, the air and the ground is filthy over there. Yeah. If anyone has the time to dig through my archives page on, on my Commute Faster Energy page, uh, several years ago I uh, I put up a lot of links to a company called uh, MagnaGas, which uses uh, hydrogen augmentation that causes coal to burn as clean as natural gas. Hmm. Oh, all the pollution is gone. 
So coal can be cleaned up. It's kind of expensive to adjust to that technology. That's true, but it can be done. So we don't have to lose all the coal miner jobs. They can continue for a while. I mean, yeah, I'd like to save a few of the Appalachian Mountains, so let's not grind them all into coal, uh, no. coal pits. But, uh, but at least you can still phase it out gradually, not this abrupt stop and instant layoffs that, uh, that Obama caused. Uh, it could have been phased out gradually and gone immediately over to this magna gas technology, gotten everything clean, so that now it's just it burns just as clean as natural gas, and then we phase into some better technology. But uh, no, the uh, the Gestapo uh, uh, greenies uh, don't want to put up with that. They they want they demand legislation now. Shut down your coal plants now. Oh, give me a break. Grow up. Start talking like a human being instead of a Nazi. <laughs> uh, Nazi or a Bolshevik. So um, on it goes. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just what we're dealing with here. Okay. I'm, I'm talked out. So Yeah, uh, me too. I think so. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll hand it over to you to wrap up. It looks like we already lost Jameskin. But, uh, James Kim was having trouble keeping his computer going, so I think ooh. that's why. An eight left. Dottie didn't get here tonight. I don't know if she forgot or not, but yeah, missing Dottie, missing Jean. Uh, we haven't seen Jean lately, have we? I I don't remember seeing him for several weeks. Uh, unless I blocked out something. Two or four weeks ago, I thought he showed up briefly. Hmm. Uh but not long. No, he wasn't here for the whole show. Maybe I'll have to go look and see if I have an email for him and find out what's going on with him because he had some health issues, I remember, because he was Ooh. gone for a while, and when he came back, I said I was so glad to see him, and he said, well, I'm glad somebody missed me. But I don't know if he's still got them or not or if it was just that he was sick for a while. But, yeah, he said that he and his wife like to travel, too, so maybe they've gone somewhere. try to think if I can find his email somewhere because he hasn't emailed for a long time either. He used to email me once in a while. Whatever time zone he's in, I think I remember his, his wife pulls him away to dinner in the middle of the show or something. So that's why <laughs> yeah. he's never here for a whole show. It was like, uh-oh, she's coming up the stairs or something. I'm like, what the heck is he doing that's so bad? <laughs> Probably using that the crazy talk show again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. All well, right, well, uh, we'll see you next week, I guess, if anything's going on, if I have anything. Okay, well, if if the revaluation happens, we all can be jumping in loads of money or something. But uh, I would love not, it. Not very likely. So, uh, And even if a, if an international currency re-evaluation does take place, I still have no idea how it gets distributed to everybody as the rumor mill news claims go. So uh, uh I thought we were and, supposed to get a card with ten million dollars on it. Uh something like that or then it the number changed to sixty four thousand. I used to tell my mailman that when he would come if I'd see him. I'd say, Have you got my card with the ten million on it? and he'd laugh. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting for it. It's supposed to be coming. Really? He goes, Yeah. I said, We're all supposed to be getting one. Okay, he says. So I'd, I'd ask him that all the time. 
uh, in my living room, I have a poster I picked up from way back in my Hollywood days. Uh, I had to deliver a backdrop onto the Paramount Studios lot, and uh, while I was there, I stepped into their their souvenir shop and uh, grabbed a poster for a a movie coming out then, 1982 or something. I guess that was the year called Top Secret. And the lead actor was Val Kilmer. Hmm. Uh, I forget the supporting act- actors and actresses and whatnot. Uh, it was the the Zucker uh, writers who also did Airplane and a bunch of other, the police squad and whatnot uh, kind of type of humor. Uh, this was not the best of their movies, but it did have a few good sight gags in it. And... Uh, uh, the the one sight gag I remember was uh, a, a spy r- reaches into a purse and, and hands an envelope to another spy and says, "This has to be in New York by tomorrow." And and he puts it inside his trench coat, and he he takes uh, five steps to the left down the alley, and somebody pulls out a gun and shoots him. And his mm-hmm. his last dying act was. He reaches into his trench coat and pulls out the envelope and sets a match to it as if this is such top-secret information it can't fall into the hands of the enemy. And then the camera does a close-up of the envelope, and it's going to publisher's clearinghouse. (laughs) Oh, no. That's funny. That is funny. (laughs) It was an entry, and and one spy is telling the other, oh, I've got to get this to New York. (laughs) Yeah. So... uh, uh, but uh, at least on that movie, they made a, a fantastic uh, a movie poster, one of the better ones of uh, of the time. So, uh, yep. anyway, it's the only thing that crossed up my mind. That, that's why I uh, I had not seen the movie, and I looked it up on YouTube and found the whole thing on there, and that's when I found the release date was, oh my gracious, 1982? It was like 33, 35 years ago. Uh, so by fast. all these teenage 20-year-old people in the movie are old-timers now. <laughs> They're up our age. And, and yeah. well, yeah, I was their age back at the time. So that's The um, school where I went to elementary school for, it was the second elementary school I went to because they built a new one for the baby boomer kids. There were so many kids going through. Uh-huh. But they're going to close that school in my old hometown and turn it into a senior citizen center. Or wow. I don't know if it's going to be where they live or they're just going to go there for day programs. But they were going to have an open house up there. And they had said it was 67 years ago that the school opened. And, and uh, a lot of people my age were saying, hey, it wasn't 67 years ago. It was 57 years ago. In other words, do the math. But the school was brand new. And I worked at that school as a nine-year-old. I did all kinds of different jobs there. And um, because they, back then, they didn't know what to do with me, so they let me be out of class, and I was working. I was doing stuff in the school like I worked there. <laughs> I was nine. Wow. I think it's pretty funny. But, I mean, my um, I went into class for certain things. I mean, I did. I was in class some of the time, but I was a school patrol so I was crossing kids across Route 1 in the mornings to get them across to go, be able to go to school. So I was stopping the traffic on Route 1 at 9 <laughs> oh, 
people can't believe this is even true, but it is. And um, then well, I would sometimes I would back, I would back. in huh? But back up. You had a Route One in Maine that went right by your elementary school. Well, it was between my neighborhood and the school, so we had to walk to school. It was about a mile, so it was part way. So I had to stop the traffic so that kids could cross the road. It was like I was a crossing guard as a kid. I had my belt and my little badge and everything, and I would stop trucks and all the whole thing. And and I did that. I worked in the library. It was the first library I ever worked in because the old school didn't have one. So it was pretty cool. I knew the librarian and her daughter and stuff, and they would come in, and we'd go and work on the books and stuff. So I did that, and... Um, I don't know why I didn't do that, how I did that in the mornings if I was doing the crossing guard thing. So I'm not sure if I had certain days I did or how that worked, but I did both of those things. I remember doing it. I worked in the office. I answered the phone, (laughs) counted the lunch money, took care of the sick kids in the clinic, which was just off the office, like if there were kids that came in sick when the secretary wasn't there. It must have been to cover lunchtime while she was gone for lunch. That's what I'm thinking because I wasn't there like the whole time, but I was there for part of the time. I worked in the kitchen, helping to clean the tables and put them away and, you know, sweep or whatever, help with, you know, just whatever they needed. And I also um, did recess duty, like helping supervise kids, especially on rainy days when they were inside their classrooms and they didn't have enough people to watch all the kids while the teachers had lunch. So I did that, and I also helped on the playground. So, and I tutored. So I don't know when I was in class. I wasn't in class a lot because I was working. Sure. They don't do that stuff now, but they did back then. I think it was so my teachers wouldn't go crazy because I was apparently a talker like I am now. And I probably couldn't stop because I was interested in everything going on, no matter what it was. It's like, what is that? Well, how does that work? Why do they do these things, you know? Get her out of here. Take her out somewhere. You're jogging memories. You're jogging (laughs) loose memories from my childhood here. Uh, I started in a school that was new for baby boomers. Now, in my little small town's case, that building they just tore down about five years ago because it had asbestos in it, I think. Oh, yeah, they probably had asbestos floor tile and everything. Uh, that's what they would have built with them. Good grief! That's where I learned how to read and spell and everything. So, uh, that was that was my starting first and second grade building. But yeah, it, it got leveled. There's nothing left. At least they're turning yours into a, a useful building. Well, the thing that's strange about it to me is that it was one of the newer buildings because it was built in the. Let's see, it would have been. If I was nine, it would have been built in approximately 1960. So it was one of the newer buildings. The ones that are, well, you know, the the buildings. We'll the only other here. newer building, I believe, is the high school. That was built for our class going through, too, because it was large. Our Our, you know, age group was large. It was probably the largest enrollment they had was when the baby boomers were going through. So... They opened that one in 1967, the high school, and our class was the first one that went through the three years because it was a three-year high school. So we um, 
you know, we felt special because we'd done all three years. In, in, <laughs> in my little town, it used to be one two-story school building was all of elementary, first through eighth grade, uh, in one building. And then somewhere in the early 60s, same time period you're talking about, they built an L-shaped extension off that building that handled the new influx of baby boomer first and second graders. And then that older building handled, what, third through through fifth grade. Then we had to go to the other side of town for sixth grade and then back to another side of town for higher and up. Uh, just the point I'm getting at is that L-shaped extension was where I started the first and second grade. And you just mentioned Route 1, and Illinois has a Route 1 that also they went do? right right next to my elementary school. Really? So that's where I thought Ginger had Route 1 go right by her elementary school. I had Route 1 go right by my elementary school. Well, ours is U.S. Route 1, which goes from Fort Kent, Maine to Key West, Florida. It goes down the East Coast. So it doesn't go anywhere near where you were. U.S. Route 1, if you look on a map, it goes from Fort Kent, Maine. That's mile number one, I believe. I think they consider that to be mile number one. I've taken pictures of where it starts, right at the Canadian border, and it goes down to Key West, Florida. It's the East Coast. So I don't know what Route 1 you would have had. You might have had a state Route 1. Well, that's what I I thought. Illinois State Route Route 1. Uh, and the, the other name I went by was Dixie Highway because hmm. it connected Chicago with New Orleans. And hmm. as my parents told me, that was the main route of Al Capone's gangsters between all the bordellos in New Orleans connecting to the money in Chicago. And so yeah. that went right by my elementary school and right by my grandfather's farm and whatever, that was Illinois Route 1. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the background on that. And and also went up through Chicago Heights, which is where Al Capone planned the Valentine's Day Massacre was in Chicago Heights. Uh, wow. And, yeah, here we go with other strange ironies. When I looked up the dates of when Al Capone actually went to Chicago Heights to plan that mass slaughter was the same week, 30 miles to the south, my parents got married. So you always remember that? Yeah. Uh, So anyway, just stuff in history. The more you learn about history, the less you want to know about history. uh... And then Al Brady, who was from Indiana apparently, gangster, the Brady Gang. He was shot dead in Bangor right downtown. (sighs) That's our claim to fame as far as gangsters go. He was shot dead in downtown Bangor by FBI agents. He and his accomplice. And 70, 80 years later, two residents from each of those towns are now talking on a talk show about it. Yeah. 
Al Brady lost his father at age two, his mother at age 16, and his stepfather at age 18. Two months after his stepfather's death, he committed his first robbery in Indianapolis. Yeah. It says um, there's actually supposedly gunshot uh, gunshot holes in the buildings downtown where he was shot. It says, near this spot, Al Brady, public enemy number one, was shot and killed by FBI agents on October 12, 1937. I don't think I've ever seen the marker plaque, but it shows it. Yeah, that's our claim to fame to the gangster era. I I guess the headline was was satire, but someone was making mention of uh, James Comey going from uh, head of the FBI to FBI's number one wanted list. He's he's not anything now. He's a private citizen. He needs to be arrested. Yeah. That's my opinion. I believe he needs to be arrested because he's committed a crime and admitted to it under oath today. That's Ginger's opinion, and all the listeners of UDA are sticking to it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) No, seriously. Well... Yep, well, we managed to talk almost the same amount of time anyway. So, see, we're still sitting here. I guess. Well, we keep thinking of other things unless I know. one one dot connects to something else. And, and suddenly, does, we, yeah. suddenly we both lived on Route 1, <laughs> but in different <laughs> states. Yeah, and ours moved, actually, because it isn't where U.S. Route 1 goes anymore because they built a bypass around the town, so that's where Route 1 is now, but... At the time, it was the main drag through town. It was Main Street, so that was Route 1. Um, And like I said, they changed it. But the thing that someone posted this past week, which was interesting, they put the graduating class of our high school on the bleachers outside to get a picture of them all. And one of my classmates from my year that I graduated said, oh, my gosh, those would have fit in two of our homerooms. It looked like there were maybe 60 to 70 graduates, and in our class there was almost 300. That's a, quite a huge enrollment drop. So I can see why they don't need all their school buildings anymore. Because, you know, the base went out, and a lot of people left. The families aren't there like they used to be. So that's what happens. Town dried up. So... Times they keep a changing. So. Yeah, they do. Okay, well, wish everybody a good week here to uh, make it through another couple of weeks here in, in yeah, this okay. changing economy. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see you next week if there's anything going on and there's anything to talk about. I've still got your email, so if any emergencies happen, we can. Okay, that know. sounds uh, good. Take it from there. All right. Bye, everybody. Hope to catch you on the next show then. Okay. All right. Good night from here. Night. Okay. Good night, Straight Shot and Valium. See you next week if there's anything going on. Might just get on anyway just to chat. Who knows? Depends on how everything's going. Okay. Stay well and happy and healthy. And I'm happy for the links and things that people shared tonight, too, because. I'm losing track of some stuff as I get focused in on certain stories and you know it's I think it's important to step back and look at the big picture um, 
especially where they're trying to lead us in one direction or another to keep their power going or whatever they're trying to make the masses believe. So it's always helpful. All right, so if you want to email me, gingercookie87 at yahoo.com. I know the people that are still here right now all have that, but just in case somebody listens to it in the meantime. And have a good week. Okay, good night.